we're heading to Texas circa 1980. Hang out with some baseball players. Talk about Richard Linklater's Everybody Wants Some from 2016. And remember, guys, voluntary means mandatory. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Izagari. And this is Filmgasm. All right, we're going to be continuing our top 10 films of the 2010s project with my number 10 film, uh, favorite film of the decade, which is Everybody Wants Some. 2016, the uh, Linklater written and directed uh, baseball coming of age comedy. Uh, just lights out movie for me. I still remember the first time I saw it and every, every watch in between. But it was a real treat to watch it this time to, uh, you know, have the intentions of giving it awards and whatnot. Uh, my my older brother Adam will be joining us later on in the episode. You know, uh, <laughs> he's he's uh you know doing his thing. He's he's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time, and that's quite a, that's quite all right. But we got we got myself and Connor here, uh, and this is your first time with this movie, and you've heard me rave about it over and over. The expectations probably were too lofty, but I know you did have a good time. Uh, so let, let's hear about your 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 initial thoughts. Well, first of all, I am so relieved that I enjoyed this. Uh, There's always that initial, you know, fear of like, if I don't like this, I'm the asshole. And that happens so many times that I'm always like, come on, please, not this time. Linklater, I've yet to really be disappointed by. Even his movies about nothing have something to say. Mm. And I do appreciate that. So I did a fuck ton of Linklater prep for this. Uh, Good. Leading up to everybody wants them. I hadn't seen Daisy Confused in over a decade. So I wanted that to be, you know, this is viewed as the spiritual successor to Days. So I wanted to watch that. Loved it. Watched Bernie. Loved it. Watched Slacker. Liked it way more than I thought I would. Then I watched Everybody Wants Some. And yeah, this is a delightful depiction of Texas college culture uh, filmed at the college that I went to, which is super cool. So that initially was like, all right, I like this because I'm seeing buildings I recognize that I've been to, that I've suffered in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's pretty pointless. It's just a bunch of dudes, you know, a bunch of baseball players trying to get laid a couple days before school starts. And that's it. <laughs> There's not really much else to this movie. But yeah, it's it's funny. It's endearing. It's like, you know, never tries to be anything more than it is. And Linklater's really good at that, you know. This is a he always gives you like this is what this movie's gonna be. Are you in or out? Yeah. He never tricks you, he never lulls you into a false sense of security, he never tries to one up you. It's always just here it is. Do you want to watch it? If not, that's cool. Go do something else. Yeah, yeah. And I I I I think that's admirable, right? You know, uh with this movie, everybody wants some. The very beginning is, you know, uh Blake Jenner, our main character, Jake, Jake Bradford. Uh, coming into this house and he like all he has is you know like a duffel bag and like a like a box of records and he goes into this house and he meets these two complete douchebags <laughs> McReynolds and Roper and uh, immediately they're you know they ask him what position do you play and you know pitcher and you know McReynolds like wipes his hand off you know and he's like oh pitcher fuck you know they, they get Lone Star out of the fridge and pop the caps on like the the counter and you're like 
you're either in and you're out, you know, like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's goes one way or the other. Um, so yeah, I saw this movie, like when it premiered, I was living in Houston, which is where, you know, our, our, our guy link link later is from, uh, I spent a lot of his time in, in East Texas. We'll talk a little, we'll talk a little bit more. We'll talk a lot about him as, as we go through the episode link later, he's a complete mastermind, uh, in, in my eyes and possibly my favorite filmmaker of all time. So, uh, it's really cool that this movie, a lot of his movies actually come out in different areas of Texas because he kind of makes a conscious effort. Uh, you know, he's the uh, founder of Austin Film Society and like is very, very much an advocate for for cinema and for, for movies being seen uh, from, from all from all budgets. Right. You know, micro budgets to big, big movies, classic movies. He just he just loves it all. So. It was really cool to see this this film. Uh, it was at this theater in the woodlands right outside of Houston. I went by myself, and I just had an absolute blast. I was like, yeah, this is this is some of Linklater's best shit. You know, it's like maybe his funniest movie. So, uh, you know, you got School of Rock, of course. Bernie's got some great moments. Uh, hell, Days and Confused is, is funny as shit as well. But there's something about Everybody Wants Some, just the, just the cadence that this movie moves with and it's two hours, but you don't really feel it. You know, you're just like, you're just, it's just a breeze. You're just a hangout movie. So I still remember that. Uh, you definitely recognize the Texas state stuff. You recognize others, you know, it, it was filmed just straight up all over Texas. And so you, there's different, different aspects that are, that are really cool about that. Uh, I guess let's just jump right into this question because I'm, I'm really curious to hear your answer, especially since you've done some of this, this research now, I think I know what your answer is going to be. But I'm not positive. My 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 question is: I, I have two. I'll start with this one, and we can do the other one. The other one's a little bit easier. This one is: What's your favorite Richard Linklater movie? <laughs> uh, it's definitely School of Rock. Yeah. Okay. I figured. I thought maybe Bernie snuck in there because you you liked that one a lot. Bernie is close. Linklater has a magical effect on Jack Black. He can make him do his best work. Um. But I, you know, School of Rock is the first one I ever saw. Saw that when I was, what, eight? Yeah, and 2003. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Ever, I've loved it ever since. I, it helped formulate my love of rock and roll. That's the first time I ever heard, you know, the Black Keys, Led Zeppelin, The Who, possibly, I think ACDC as well, who's become my yeah. favorite band. Um, so that's that's where it's at. But I've I've seen a good chunk of his films now. And uh, I do I do have, a, have some more homework, but... I think, yeah, Bernie's probably second. Uh, then I think it's probably before sunset. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite of the trilogy because it's the most hopeful. It's like, hey, they're going to be together in the end. Like, sometimes you do get a second chance with the one you love. And then you watch part three and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. It got sour. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually, it's funny. While I was um, this past week, when I've had Linklater in my head, I went to a Goodwill in Austin because I had to be there for some something, uh, something regarding my new job. Yeah. And I walked into a Goodwill and I walked out with Fast Food Nation and Waking Life. <laughs> oh, I love Waking Life. Good, good. So I didn't have time to watch them. But the fact that like they were there waiting for me during this week was kind of like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fast Food Nation is an experience, but uh not my favorite, but I, I I love 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 Waking Life. Uh, that like rotoscope, that one that he does with Skinner Darkly as well. Really cool. Yeah, I figured School of Rock. You know, that's that's. Uh, 
I, I love that it showcases him working with a, a writer, you know, Mike White, and then Linklater kind of does his own spin as far as directing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I adore School of Rock. It's something I can put on. I, I never, what's, how do you say it? I never don't want to watch School of Rock. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's, one, it's one of those. Uh, I, I've always leaned towards, like, Slacker is just unbelievable. Um, total micro budget, just like a, it's just magic. This movie is just magic. And you can see like, when you watch it, it's also, I think the very first criterion I ever bought a uh, DVD that I ever bought. And it was like, I, I don't know, like in 2017, maybe when I was starting to like really, you know, figure this stuff out for myself, probably earlier than that. When I got slackers, I saw slacker when I kind of did that thing where I was like, okay, I need to see all of Linklater's movies. Like what, you know, what am I doing? And I went back and, you know, watched Waking Life and, and you know, tape and those different movies, uh, Suburbia. Those those ones that are just kind of like a little under the radar. They're, they're not quite days, but they're still Linklater. Uh, and, and Slacker, you know, I was like, oh, this is basically his, his directorial debut. And, I mean, it just shows his career. It just shows what he's going to do, going to be doing for now 30 years, right? Uh, Linklater is now 60. He's almost 63 years old. And... He's just created, I mean, three decades of excellent work, and it starts with Slacker, and I, I just love how you can see what's about to happen. Uh, and it's just a good movie, man. You know, it, it's such an interesting idea. So I've always leaned towards that's probably my favorite, but fuck, man. <laughs> you know, I, I love Before Sunrise is my favorite of the trilogy. I just love that beginning. I love that chancy, like, oh, I'm just going to go for it. The Ethan Hawke character is like, fuck it. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime possible opportunity. And it is. You know, you get we get 20 years of, <laughs> of like, love, hope, and trauma uh, through that. Uh, I think Boyhood is just such a feat. While it's not my favorite link later, I just respect the hell out of it. School of Rock, Scanner Darkly. Uh, I think Last Like Flying is really underrated. I like Suburbia. I like Tape. I, I think his Bad News Bears remake is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm obsessed, you know, of course, dazed and before everybody wants some, those are, those are the ones that are kind of like a double feature together. And I, I love both of them. So it's very difficult for me to choose, but I, I probably go slacker just because of the, the will, like the willpower to just make that movie, make it happen. And now when I watch it, I'm like, Oh wow. You can see his whole career unfolding. Slacker's just such a creative and I feel like hard to write concept where you just constantly pass the buck. Like there's no plot. It's just now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're over there. Now we're this guy. Now we're that guy. And I've, I've never seen anything like that before. Like in a film, I've seen it in like cartoons and shit, but I've never seen that in a movie. And I was very floored by that. I kept wondering like, who's going to get, you know, who's got next. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My favorite one was the guy who was coming back from his stepdad's funeral. and was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great bit. I like the, the JFK, like freak <laughs> yeah, I just won't shut up like the lady clearly <laughs> wants to get out of that conversation but he just keeps yeah. going i've yeah, met so no, many people like that yeah i like i like the guy who um who, who just uh i can't remember i used to like know their names because i used to be i used to be like head over heroes for this movie a few years ago i just i haven't i used to watch it like every couple months like i was so freaky about it i haven't seen it in a while uh there's one guy i mean i guess most of the characters just can't stop like going 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 and they're just speaking at such a crazy rate uh it's it's the black guy who's giving out the t-shirts 
I yeah. love that guy. <laughs> he cracked me up, you know? Keep on keeping on, man, you know? And it's like it created a language like that we see for the city of Austin, Texas. Like, and not only people who, li- who, who live in Texas like you and I, and we see it now, how it's like affected and influenced the city itself 30 years later. But just the, the perspective people have all over the country for what Austin, Texas is. And it is that kind of like, yeah, man, like, all right, man. And like all of Linklater's characters say man over and over, like, right on, man. And like, that's how I speak. That's how like some of my friends speak, because this is where I'm from. I'm like, I'm from Texas. And you either you either talk like a hick or, or you talk like a Linklater character, <laughs> you know, so it's it's one of those two. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm from, a, you know, a small mountain town in Maryland. So I I came here. I'm not, you know, not native. So I, I I just kind of, you know, I've adopted some phrasing into my vernacular. But overall, like, I just don't have that that, you know, Texas loyalty that so many people have. Uh, yeah, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it coming through me. And there there are times like, you know, Brown is from she's from Atlanta. So there's some stuff that she says that's like, whoa, you know, that's that's like real Southern. But there's sometimes she'll catch me and it's like, who was that that was just saying that? Like I sound I sound like my like my grandpa or you know, or my uncle or whatever. Uh and and then of course, you know, the movies I watch and the the Texans, like Texan artists that I that I love, Link Litter's at the top of that list. So uh yeah, this guy rules. So I love that. You know, School of Rock definitely represents you as a Link Later fan and Slacker for me. So but yeah, the guy the guy rules. this somehow, some way. This is the first Linklater movie we've ever done on any podcast. Yeah, because, you know, we we pigeonholed ourselves into very specific lanes for quite some time. And not, like Linklater's movies didn't fit any of those. You know, they weren't genre films. They weren't bad movies. And Boyhood's the only one with Oscar nominations. So it was like, we didn't really have a lot of options here. But now that we've, you know, wised the fuck up and, you know, fixed things, you know, sky's the limit. Whatever we want. This won't be yeah. the last time we talk about Link later, not by a long shot. No, yeah, no way. Uh, so yeah, it's just kind of open the flood, opens the floodgates. But for when it comes to the 2010s, I, I just there's no movie that makes me like happier than than everybody wants them. So I had to include it on my list. Super happy to be to be able to talk about it. Uh, so so Link Link later, uh, we'll be talking about him here in a second. But I do have one other question, and I, I think I think you'll have an interesting take on this. Why? Why are baseball movies the best sports team movies? Why is that? Like, obviously, you know, like boxing movies are great because it's solo. It's an individual thing. When it comes to team sport movies, like there's so many good baseball movies. What, what's up with that? A good question. Hmm. I think on some level, baseball is woven into the fabric of American society more than any other sport. Yep. It's, you know, you, your your parents played it in the, you know, like the Sandlot in the 60s. You know, your kids went out and when, you know, nobody was watching them and just on the, you know, during the summer they played baseball. It just represents like a, a safe place we all used to wish we had, you know, a baseball game. Even to people who don't give a fuck about baseball, there's something about a baseball game that just makes you happy. I don't know what it like. Football pisses me off, but baseball <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's so delightful. It's, you know, it's fantastic. I mean, I think 
some of the greatest baseball movies ever made like reflect like the, the the wholesome American values we all like to think this country has, you know, films mm. like Field of Dreams and The Pride of the Yankees and The Sandlot to an extent, you know, they just they represent exceptionalism in a way that no other sport really does because it's a team effort. You know, it's yeah. baseball, apple pie, all that nonsense. <laughs> and, you know, we're left with now something to strive for, I guess. It's yeah. it, it comes down to like some form of propaganda for sure. I'm just not qualified yeah. to, ex- to express <laughs> all of that right now. Yeah, no, that's that's 100 percent right. I love that. You, I love the way you you, you word at the beginning that you know baseball is kind of woven into the fabric of of our country and 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 is definitely been, was looked at for the longest time as America's game. Now it's probably football, right? It's the NFL, like that, like yeah. football rules, especially here in Texas. But uh, baseball is yeah, it's just this like. It's like America's fair pastime. I, I love all those little phrases. And I, I like loved, loved, loved baseball as a kid. And then when I was in my like late teenage years, my early twenties, I just gave up on it. And then a couple of years ago, I got like back into it. Now I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of baseball right now than I ever have been. And uh, you know, like huge Ranger fan now and I'm having fun this season following them. But, but with the movies, dude, I mean, you, you listed a couple, like you got Bull Durham, Great, great, great flick. A League of Their Own. Pride of the Yankees. Field of Dreams. Eight Men Out is sick. Moneyball. The Natural. Sandlot. Everybody wants some. Major League. I mean, the Bad News Bears, both the old and the new. Like, they're both, those both rock. I mean, like, Moneyball is so fucking good. And, and, and so many people that I know that like it don't care about baseball at all, including you, Connor. Well, it's funny. Like, I've never cared about baseball. I never played it. I think I played it for like a day when I was like six. And I remember saying, I told my mom, like, I don't like this. And she like, she was like, all right, I guess you don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> and, um, but even, even then the Sandlot was one of my all time favorite movies. I still love that movie to death. I, that's that movie taught me what baseball was and how to play it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I don't have a football movie that I go to. Like I've seen any given Sunday. It's, it's okay. Moving on. I think a lot of I think a lot of football movies. I also I'll say this. I think baseball is the easiest to film as a sport. Like football action, basketball movies like fucking suck. So like <laughs> a lot of basketball action is so hard because it's so it's, it's like so quick and has like such specific movements. Baseball, like like you watch, I watched Moneyball last night, <laughs> and I was like, there's so many amazing shots of like real baseball, like the real footage of what happened in 2002, and then the actors doing their thing. And it, you can tell the difference, of course, but not not by like a lot. Like when Chris Pratt is at first base as Scott Hatterberg, like you're not you're not like oh that looks nothing like him. He doesn't look right playing first base. You know, first base like there's just a few movements that are involved. Whereas basketball is like I mean these guys are like seven feet tall doing crazy shit. And football is the same thing. There's there's 22 guys on the field in football. It's hard to hard to you know film all of that. I wonder if on some level baseball is also like more relatable. Yeah. Because like, you know, to be, to play football, you got to be like a beefy big dude to play basketball. You yeah. Gotta be freakishly tall, but I feel like anybody. Dude, kind of play we're baseball. smalls. We can be smalls, right? Yeah, like, exactly. you, can, you can, you can relate to a lot of the Sandlot characters. I mean, look at one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Babe Ruth. That dude was an out of shape cigar yeah. chain smoker who was breaking yeah. records. I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, 
you don't have to i'm not saying that like athletes who play baseball don't try that hard i'm just saying if you're a regular dude and you could you need to play baseball on like a bet you could probably probably win that bet yeah 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 definitely it's it's kind of a, a relatable experience you know watching baseball there are still like kind of like like chubby dudes out there you know who, who can just <laughs> fucking whack the ball so yeah, you don't love, see a lot of chubby that. athletes in a lot of sports. No, no, you're not seeing chubby guys playing the World Cup. Yeah, that's that's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That's great. So I do I do want to say before we move on, I, it's 2020. It's 2023. Sandlot came out 30 years ago. We got to do an episode on that this year. We like absolutely need to do a Sandlot episode. I've I've been thinking about it lately, and I'm like, oh, I mean, come on, like we're, we're we'd be missing an opportunity here. A movie that's, you know just been with us for our entire lives and like you said taught us about baseball camaraderie friendship you know uh just getting into trouble in the summer so we got to do that movie man i'm not gonna argue that yeah i'm in all right sounds good uh yeah well i love that so talk a little link later talk a little baseball you know that's that's link later you think about baseball when you think about link later because he puts it in a lot of his movies um let's talk about everybody wants something kind of how this how this movie came into existence and how it happened. Uh, he, he actually started writing this, this movie in 2005. So 11 years before it even came out, uh, just kind of a, you know, he always talked, ca- talked about how you want to do a spiritual sequel to Daisy confused. And then uh, when boyhood came out, he wanted to do kind of a spiritual sequel to boyhood. So with Daisy confused, you know, it's uh, 1976. You got the graduating, uh, the, the juniors that are be- going to become seniors they're like, oh, we're the kings of summer. And then you have the incoming freshmen. It's kind of about those two worlds and like them colliding. Uh, with with Everybody Wants Some, you have uh, a, f- a f- guy who's going into his freshman year of college in 1980. So it's like a four-year gap right there, right? You could look at Mitch Kramer, sort of the main character of Days Confused, the, the main kid, the freshman. Uh, he would be kind of the same age as this Jake character, Blake Jenner's character. So that's really neat. Obviously, they're different people, but it's kind of, like I said, spiritual sequel. With Boyhood, you have basically the same thing happening at the end of Boyhood that happens at the beginning uh, of Everybody Wants Some. You have uh, a kid moving out, going to school in West Texas, meets his roommates. They go and take some drugs and hang out uh, hang out at, at a fucking national park, state park. And then uh, with Everybody Wants Some, you have a guy going to college out you know, in e- it, what's, what's supposed to be East Texas, and he goes out, meets his roommates, and gets into shenanigans, right? Like, right away. So, Linklater is very obsessed with this kind of non-linear, but also this connecting type thing that goes on with his movies. Uh, like, same themes, but also, like, a different twist on it. And I, I love that about him. So, uh, the fact that he was writing this movie for so long and had it in his mind that he wanted to do something involving Days Confused, but then was able to kind of warp it into this movie everybody wants him is really cool. Uh, he went to Sam Houston State, played baseball there, uh, dropped out his sophomore year. Uh, that's that's in Huntsville, Texas, by the way, which is not really a place you want to visit, but uh, <laughs> it does have it does have a university there called Sam Houston State. And Linklater, once upon a time, played baseball there for a couple of years. So he actually finished his finished his sophomore year, didn't really drop out, but he 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 didn't he didn't go back for his junior year. Instead, he went worked on an oil rig uh, in East Texas. Did that for a couple of years, became completely obsessed with movies during that time. That's when he was, uh, he said he would work. He was like, I was making a ton of money, just saving up uh, from like age 20 to 22. He was saving up tons of money. Uh, he would, he would drive from his job because he would work like two days and then have like 10 days off. Right. 
And he would go back, go to Houston, go to different, you know, art house, you know, screenings and whatnot during the early 80s. And he, you know, he just became obsessed. And he said uh, his goal was to see thousands of films before he thought about making a film of his own. Uh, I love that. I love that about him. So he did that for about 10 years. Uh, During that 10 year span, he, you know, worked on, you know, trying to become a master with his camera, become a master at writing characters and, and watching characters unfold in front of him. He started the Austin Film Society uh, with some buddies. Uh, that was like in 1985. Uh, so at that point, he's you know 24 years old, and he's starting this film society in this you know this city that has now exploded, and the film is a big part of like why it exists. And uh, he's at the forefront. Uh, he still does this. He still does the Austin Film Society. He still screens movies. He'll do he'll do weeks of. And I, I'm so like upset. I haven't been there more often. I've only been once to to like a screening at the AFS, but He'll do like 10 movies by the same director from like, you know, the 50s uh, just because he wants to. And he says it's he's like it's an ultimate greed project where I want to see these movies. So I'm going to screen them. Whoever wants to show up can. And like I'm seeing I want to do them for myself. Like I want to attain them. I want to show them, Uh, you know, directors like Steven Soderbergh, Quentin Tarantino have have helped fund some of the stuff that he's done with Austin Film Society, have showed up to screenings. Quentin Tarantino is, you know, he of course, he has the new Beverly Cinema in Los Angeles, he's lent Linklater films. Imagine that, imagine that conversation. Tarantino and Linklater hanging out, talking about what 50s movies they're going to show in Austin, you know, throughout the week. So very cool that he started doing that in the 80s and it still exists today. Just shows how much passion he has for, for, for this stuff. Uh, I, 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 we got to go there, man. Connor, me and you got to go there together, dude. <laughs> we got to go see an old movie. I was looking at the schedule for the next couple months, and there's there's some stuff. So let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, for this movie, everybody wants some. Uh, you can see, obviously, the Days of Confused stuff, but you can also see, if you're a fan of the movie Animal House, you can see a lot of that movie inside of this. And so Linklater invited the entire cast out to his ranch in Austin. They hung out for a few weeks. Watch movies like Animal House, old 70s and 80s, uh, you know, raunchy, crazy, you know, like frat comedies uh, and hung out and rehearsed some of the script together. And he let the he let the actors, you know, guys like Glenn Powell kind of write their own shit, figure out their own you know spin on their characters. So very cool. Um, obviously, an experience that they probably will never forget. And they'll like take with them wherever they go. Uh, filming took place October 2015 to December 2015. So just, a, you know, just a few months there. Uh, all over the state of Texas. Uh, Connor already mentioned San Marcos. Uh, Texas State is kind of the hub of this. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the school stuff is also in uh, Waymar, Texas. You got Bastrop, Texas, Elgin, Texas, Taylor, Texas, and of course, good old San Antonio. So pretty cool. They're just kind of, you know, gallivanting all over the state to make this movie happen uh, because of, you know, permits and whatnot. The, you know, the budget was, you know, $5 million. So, uh, or Five to ten. They, you know, there's not like an exact estimate. It's not crazy expensive, but they spent enough to to get what they wanted to do. It uh, didn't do too hot. Made a little under five million dollars at the box office, but I'd say it's already become a cult classic. Uh, really cool. Came out March of 2016 officially all over the United States, and yeah, you know, even though not a lot of people saw it, the people who have, uh, they understand. I was on campus when Linklater was filming this. So cool. Uh, I didn't know. I saw a big to-do happening and I was like, oh, that's neat. I thought it was some bullshit that I didn't need to know about. I also had class, so I had to go. And, you know, I had two classes back to back. I went to one class and I went to the other class. And the second class was my film class. 
And Dr. McClancy walked in and said, hey, did y'all know that Richard Linklater was here filming a movie? And I'm like, what? What do you mean was here? Like, he's gone? <laughs> Nobody said anything? <laughs> I was so <laughs> disappointed in myself that I didn't go check out the the what have you. I was like, I could have I could have seen movie magic. God damn. I've, it's one of my biggest regrets in life is not checking that out. Yeah, you went to you were a good kid instead of a uh, <laughs> like I got shit to do and nine times out of ten when there's something happening on campus, it's ridiculous shit I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. How did you how could you know? The <laughs> one time it mattered, I didn't do anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so good. I love that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, man, but hey, you have a story to tell, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your your teacher came in and was just like, Hey, did you know that that Rick, that, that old Rick Linklater is doing a movie? yeah and that's kind of what he does right he he still refuses to live in hollywood and do the hollywood thing like he still refuses to do that he still lives in texas wants to make movies either in texas or kind of you know more realistic settings that aren't just always these like la based or hollywood based movies while i love those i also have an admiration for like what link is trying to do i love i love stories about just you know people and their shit sometimes you know it's i love the idea of like a world that's unattainable can be fun sometimes, but sometimes you also just want to see, you know, people get into dumb shit shenanigans in Texas. And we need, we're going to need a guy to give us those stories. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, lo- I love that because you, you know me, I'm very much trying to find like stuff that's going to like tr- basically break me, you know, and, and hit me like a wave. And while Linklater does that, he manages to do it in a way that doesn't doesn't quite pulverize me. Like he doesn't even if everybody wants some, I'll be laughing my ass off. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, oh wow, that's like such an interesting point. You know, like he he has that ability to kind of break through you, like philosophically, but also just make you laugh at the same time, which is kind of what we do as humans, right? You know, so I, I love I love his like vulnerability, but also his willingness to entertain you. You know, like, like his movies, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, nothing really happens. Like, sure, but they're still fun. So there's like, there's like skill and talent in some of the scenes that he shoots in the wrong hands would, would, would be trash, would be like terror. Like Slacker could be so, so bad in the wrong hands, but because it's him and like the vulnerability and the humor and all that stuff is right there on the table. Well, I bet there's also a degree of like, almost trying to trick you into finding the message. Cause there's people who are going to watch, you know, Daisy confused and everybody wants some just so they can watch, you know, ha ha, he fell down. Oh, look, they're going to get laid. But then while yeah. they're watching it, they might subconsciously absorb that message yes. and take it with them. Even if they didn't want to. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes to get somebody's attention, you know, you got to fall down in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why I, I'm so glad you watched Bernie because I also rewatched Bernie. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I mean, what a, I mean, that's like a Cohen movie. That's like a Cohen Bros, like comedy, like dark comedy, a crime in the middle of it, just crazy kind of fallout. Really good, really good actors that Jack Black's going with, you know, Shirley MacLaine and Matthew McConaughey. And it, and it's it manages to just like teach you less upon lesson upon lesson while also being like really funny, you know? Uh, so I, 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 yeah, I love that movie. I'm really glad you got to see it. Well, I read in the trivia on Everybody Wants Some, the real Bernie was 
on set. He helped with the yeah. production. He was the cat wrangler. Yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> During his brief parole before he got thrown back in prison. <laughs> yeah, whenever Linklater meets somebody, they are no longer a stranger. <laughs> he's 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 one of the like one of those guys, and he has this insane memory because I've watched so many interviews with him and so many you know I've read so much about him. Uh, I suggest definitely. There's one interview right now that's like real high quality. That's from a couple years ago uh, that he does with a. Uh, uh, Peter Becker, the president of Criterion. Uh, it came out in 2021. And I remember watching it back when I, you know, that was around the, you know, when I first got Criterion as a service and Linklater does this kind of like 20 minute interview or whatever. And it's just, it's just it's so good. Cause he goes through a lot of the Austin film society stuff and just his passion. And, and, and the way he's talking to Peter is like immediately after two minutes, it's like, all right, we're front. Like, I, like I've got you, I, I'm here. And I'm like, so present that you and I have become friends within seconds. It was the first time they've ever like actually sat down and talked, you know, and had a conversation, but you can, you feel like Linklater, it's like his cousin or something. It's really, really wild how he has that effect. And uh, yeah, any, 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 you know, anytime people can, can, you know, go check that out on Criterion. And he always has stuff on Criterion. Linklater is like one of their people. Um, He's, he's just a guy who has kind of gone to bat for cinema. And so that's what they do. So, of course, like it works in tandem. So uh, I, I highly suggest that, you know, just always listening to Linklater talk is going to make you like his movies more. You're right. You're right. And I love that kind of passion. So few filmmakers have a love for it that they can keep hold of throughout their career. A lot of guys start out like that, but they get jaded real quick by the machine. Linklater still has that that optimism, that hope. And I hope he never loses it. I, I think if he hasn't at this point, he never will. Yeah, well, it, it kind of, it's kind of in the work. Yeah, I mean he made he made he he made a movie. I don't know if you've seen um that one with Kate Kate Blanchett. Where'd you go, Bernadette? I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it's like I, I like it. It's not you know his best work or anything, but it just kind of shows he's just willing to try shit. He's like fuck it, like I'm gonna have fun, and like this may not be the Oscar worthy movie that they want they want me to make next because I'm the guy who did Boyhood, but I want I want to make it, you know. Like he follows up boyhood with everybody wants some the most, you know, it's like the most kind of like 180 style of film from, from this really carefully constructed story about a boy, you know, over 12 years to this nasty, raunchy, really inappropriate, uh, um, you know, like late teen, early twenties, um, you know, college movie that's, you know, on the same level as, as, as like some of the classics, right? Like it has like that American pie feel to it where you're just like, should I be watching this? You know, and and I, I love that about him. I love that he just like doesn't give a fuck about what like what what people are going to say. He just he just kind of does it, and the the you know that the work speaks for itself. Yeah, not a lot of people have that. Uh, while you're here, while while we're here, uh, <laughs> where do you fall on the on the Bernie thing? Like, how do you feel about how all that went down? Yeah, let's talk about it. Fuck it. Um, you know. When I first saw the movie, I was just like, I was really, I was really mixed. And I was like, huh, you know, shit, he did kind of kill somebody. But, uh, but then, you know, I like looked into it more. I looked into like the the real story, the manipulation tactics and the almost like imprisonment of, of, of Bernie. And I kind of was like, that's a little bit of self-defense. So I, I don't know, man, like it's, it's such a, it's such a gray situation. It's not black and white. 
I can see, obviously, by definition, like he shouldn't have done what he did. But also, there is there is like a self defense argument there. I think that at the very least, first degree murder was a bit much. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second degree murder at worst, manslaughter at best. Mm. Plus, yeah. you know, I I love the idea that like the town hated her so much and loved him so much that they were pretty much just like, it's a pass. Like that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope one day I am that well liked. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that yeah, that movie's that movie's great. Um talk about super Texan. They actually get real people from Carthage to yeah. to talk. What one of my one of my favorite scenes from any Linklater movie is when the, the, the gentleman who's I believe at that barbecue joint is talking about the different like parts of the state. And he's like, You got your West Texas with your flat, you know, flat ranches. You got your North Texas up in Dallas driving their Mercedes. It's like, and then he talks about he's like Central Texas. You got Austin. You got them damn liberals. You don't want to go there. He's like, and then you got San Antonio, where the Tex meets the Mex. It's such, it's such a fucking Texan uh, scene, uh, and I, like only Linklater, I feel like could have done that. <laughs> I love when he mentions like, and then I know I left out the Panhandle, but we don't really talk about that. And they're just moving. <laughs> yeah, just fuck it. Uh, yeah, yeah, McConaughey's great in that. Shirley's great. That movie, that movie rules. It's one of his most underrated, underrated uh, uh films. So if you have a chance to see it, if you're listening, definitely check it out. Uh, yeah, man, I I would love to do an episode on that one day, just to dive into it and figure out exactly what we feel about the story. But yeah, man, this is the power of the power of Linklater. He's he's the fucking man. Um, I'm I'm really really bummed about some of these scores. Uh, like for everybody wants some. IMDb score for, for a lot of his movies the IMDb score is just like come on like he's not trying to make Citizen Kane here just have some fun <laughs> so the, the, the score for everybody wants some is 6.9 on IMDb not great but 87% Rotten Tomatoes not bad uh, and then a 3.6 on Letterboxd uh, we'll talk about Letterboxd later on at the end of the show super exciting uh, also very unfortunate that everybody wants some is not streaming anywhere right now Really, really disappointing. So if you if you want to watch it, you're gonna to have to probably rent it, find find a way to buy it, um, and that that sucks. But it's been around. I remember it was on Hulu for a long fucking time after it came out, uh, and I I don't know like what happened to the rights or whatever, but I'm sure it'll pop back up. I feel like if everybody wants some, just got the chance on Netflix. I think it would do really well there. Uh, I think now in hindsight, with some of the actors, especially Glenn Powell that have like this stardom behind them. Uh, like, Oh, there's the hot guy from top gun. You could kind of use that. I feel like it would do really well on Netflix. Like now, you know, seven years later after it came out, but uh, you know, I wanted to get that chance, man. I want, I want this movie. It's still quite, it still hasn't quite reached the, the fame that I feel like it deserves. Uh, you know, days took a minute, but day, it, it took maybe a couple years for days to really catch on because of video stores. It, 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 you know, people would rent it over and over and over and be like, oh my God, this is just like one of the greatest, you know, stoner movies of all time. Everybody wants some, it just didn't quite have that path, you know, and that's unfortunate, but all the more reason for us to do an episode on it, right? And talk about it. So, uh, without further ado, I'd like, I'd like to, uh, you know, take, take a little break for a minute and then get into some awards and really talk about what we love about Everybody Wants Some. Welcome back. Uh, before we get into the awards here, we're, we're bringing on Adam. Uh, he's he's here with us to talk about this movie that I think he likes almost as much as I do. How you doing, Adam? 
I'm doing well, doing well. Sorry that I'm late to the party. I uh, was coming from an, indeed a um, a party, if you will. <laughs> so, yeah. so so I, I I caught the the last bit of what you guys have been talking about before the break. Um, and yeah, super excited to talk about this movie. I have so many thoughts as like a person who has coached basketball for a really long time and coached various teams of different sports. There's a lot of uh, team dynamic stuff that I'm excited to talk about. And also it's just a very fun, enjoyable movie. So yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, I said at the beginning of the show when uh, you weren't with us at the beginning, I said not here for a I have for a long time here for a good time. Here for a good time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Why Russell. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to to really dive into to this stuff because we've kind of stayed away from some soundtrack stuff. We stayed away from the cast a little bit. You know, I didn't want to dive into it because I wanted this to be appreciate it. To- appreciate totally it. organic. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to kind of avoid all that. And talk more about Link later in his career, at large and, and baseball movies for sure. So let's get into this thing, Connor. I want to start with you for the Tarantino. Um, so we'll go Connor, Adam, myself, we'll start with the Tarantino, go to the Thomas Newman, go to the Philip Seymour Hoffman, go to the John Carpenter, finish it off. And then later on, we'll do what's in the box. So Connor, what is your favorite quote from this movie? Well, I intended to go with some kind of existential line about life and what it means. But then early on in the movie, I found myself cackling at a certain (laughs) line from Mr. Tyrone Plummer. Oh, Uh, (laughs) I hate waterbeds too. (laughs) His description of a waterbed had me dying. He says, man, you can't even fuck good on a waterbed. It's like having sex with a girl on top of another really fat girl. You know what I mean? I I paused and was just like falling apart. The 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 note I mean is the best. (laughs) It's it's okay. Great pick. It's the first fucking thing that Jake hears out of this guy's, <laughs> this guy's mouth. That's the first impression. Yeah. Perfect. And, and and that's Linklater's greatest, greatest skill is character introduction. Like he is so, so good at putting you where you need to be. We touched on the beginning when you see Jake walk into the house and you have Roper and McReynolds right there. Just obviously the two like douchebags of the team, the two like major, major jocks. Uh, on a team full of jocks and they are like in a different stratosphere but then you go upstairs <laughs> and you see you see plumber you see willoughby who's just like reading this giant book and then you have fucking glenn Powell. you got finn like playing mini golf and they're having this philosophical talk about a water <laughs> it's it, it's truly like such a great scene to have in the first like five to ten minutes of your movie so great pick plumber i mean <laughs> Like, where'd they find this guy? (laughs) He's, he's really, really good in this movie. Really underrated. Uh, I I like love that character. I love his, the the actor's name is Temple Baker. I love such a Texan name. I love, I love when uh, he's like drunk after they go like to the Jolly Fox or whatever. And they're at like the team meeting and the coach is like, stand up, Ty. (laughs) He can't even stand up. He's like, come on, son. It's like the middle of the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> yeah, the he's, other he's, the other kid brumley the other freshman is like hey guys yeah. <laughs> and plumber come on son get on your feet oh yeah great pick connor i did not think anybody would go with that so i i love that you chose that because it, it also it makes me laugh like like a damn hyena so i i love that pick man a- adam where are you going 
Okay, well, I, I started to freak out because when he said plumber, I was like, no, no, he took my because I have another one for him that just like I, I, I also had to pause it. I was like, what did he just say? Is I it the cat? It. Is it the cat? No, no, no. no so it's, what it's, was it? It's the it? secret. Yes, yes. It's, it's the secret. Buter was yeah. Buter. He's gonna leave. He's gonna leave to go like see his girlfriend or whatever, and they're like joking about like you know hurrying up a, a, a day late, like oh you're gonna have a kid and stuff. Plumber like doesn't say anything for a while, and then like there's like this little lull, and he just goes three hundred dollars and a kid, man, your life's gonna fucking suck. <laughs> I, I I lost it when I was watching. And he's like oh, holding like, a beer. He's yeah. holding a beer and like does that point. Like, yeah. man, your life's gonna fucking suck. Oh man, yeah. Plumber is yeah. Plumber is so good in the in this movie. Um, I, I love I love when they're at the Fox and he, like, they just got there and he like gets out of his chair and is like stumbling, stumbling. Oh man, yeah, no, that, yeah. Those two, yeah. I'm so glad we picked multiple ones for him because, because like that actor, he's fine. I mean, he does his job. You know, it's like he's you, clearly he's not going to go on to be Glenn Powell. You know, but um, yeah, but, but he's so funny. He has four or five lines. You're just like, wow, that's perfect. And we all know a guy like that. Like, like oh, anyone's yeah. ever played on it, been on an esports team, or been in any part of friend group. We have a guy like that. You just look at him. You're just like, dude, what? Like, it's like, what? What did you just say? Or like, what? He's just the guy who says like the most random stuff. And he's like, like the, there's a scene later in the in the movie where he's like. You know, I know what we're doing here. We're like, what are they doing here? Like, who <laughs> yes, are all these I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna be talking about that later. I love that bit. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, awesome. Yeah, go ahead and give give us your. Yeah, yeah. God, he, he's, he's hilarious. He he also has. I would love to see him being more stuff, but I, I, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely not Glenn Powell. He he has that bit during batting practice with Jay Niles, and, and <laughs> Jay Niles is throwing like ninety. And Plumber's like, "Fuck this shit, man." <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm out of here like i don't want to be doing this shit it's, yeah he's just his timing is so good uh and his his stuff with brumley like the way jake and brumley or, or sorry jake and plumber are also like brumley like like why are you so fucking desperate dude it's such a good bit so oh, i love that y'all both pick plumber I'm, I'm excited i i went kind of typical i went with a line from finnegan from uh glenn powell's character he's just he just lights out in this movie uh, it's when they're at the party and uh, he's getting, he's getting quite frustrated because they go to this theater party towards the end of the movie and they have like, they're around like a bunch of really unique and, and different kind of, you know, different kind of people. Right. And there's a lot, a lot of women there, a lot of women at the, at this, at this party. And Finnegan is like, okay, well, I'm going to like meet them where they're at so I can get laid. <laughs> like that's the whole like point of Finnegan's life. <laughs> it's like meet the girl where she's at and like, seal the deal like that's his whole shtick and he uses all this you know technical jargon to like get get there and then they mess up something for him dale who's also great in this movie dale, dale and, and jake and coma i love coma in this movie. they're they're all like messing it up for him while he's trying to like hang out with this 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 like really beautiful girl who's also in boyhood uh he's she's the girl at the end of boyhood and she's at this theater party and uh Finally, they mess it up for him, and he's like walking away, and he looks back at them, and he's wearing this like Link, like Abraham Lincoln top hat, and he goes, "Have you guys ever noticed whenever we're around baseball, all we talk about is pussy? Now we're actually around a few potentially interesting young women, and all you do is talk about baseball. It's a little fucked up." And the rest of the team does a little like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. Yeah, that scene is great. Oh man, yeah, it's a little fucked up. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean yeah, Glenn Powell has so many lines in this movie that are just like wow, like this is a once in a lifetime character. Uh, so yeah, I love love his stuff, but uh, yeah, so we got two plumbers and one Finnegan. Uh, but there, man, there's so much. You know, I, Jay Niles like gets just gets me. Like I just I laugh so hard. Anything he does, like a fucking raw dog, I'll come over there and show you a fucking good time. <laughs> Like all that. I'm too philo- philosophical for this shit. Like I-, I love his character so much, you know. Uh, you know, practice like you play, man. <laughs> I, love, I love I love all that stuff. So it-, it was really difficult to choose this one. But the next award to me is the most difficult because this movie is so reliant on the music of its time, uh, going from transitioning from the late '70s to the early '80s. Like Linklater, so good at this. Uh, so good at needle drops. So good at picking songs to match scenes to where it then affects our lives right where we we apply certain songs to this moment when you saw this this movie for the first time and that's like so powerful so the thomas newman award for best uh best music moment if you will uh in this case it's you know it's best best needle drop really uh is gonna be very difficult so adam what'd you go with or connor start with you uh well like you said this is a fantastic soundtrack um Thought it was very creative, starting with My Sharona by The Knack, which as a song really kind of represents the transition of musical styles from the 70s to the 80s. And this yes. movie doing the same thing. <laughs> very nice. Um, but I went with the scene where they're all singing Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang oh. together. Because it was such like that is the ultimate team building exercise is singing that song. to get like, You can tell like they do this all the time. They've been hanging out for a long time. They're a unit. Just without any like hesitation or screw up in the lyrics, just rapping out rapper's delight as they're driving through this Texas town. I thought that was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's money, dude. It's, it's really cool because you have, you have Finnegan and Roper and Dale who are clearly very close, like very close and understand each other really well. And, you know, they're like, all right, we're going to go hang out. We're going to drink, you know, we're going to do this stuff together. And they bring along plum, and uh and jake it's kind of like their initiation in a way right it's such a such a like well-crafted scene and i love that you know dale is kind of rapping to them too like are you like you're gonna rap with me or are you just gonna like watch me and be kind of like the scared freshman and you know like they both they both kind of step up right um it's really it's a really really cool scene and that's that song is so sick you know uh connor adam and i our dad he had this friend named randy well, he's still still around. They just don't hang out as much as they used to when we were younger. But our, he's kind of like an uncle. Randy could do Rapper's Delight like it was nothing. And he would do it at like events and stuff. Like if people were hanging out like at some kind of like family function or whatever, he would just like break into it and just do like the whole song, dude. It was it was so sick. So that was like my introduction to the song. And now when I watch Everybody Wants Them, I always think of Randy because Randy would have been 18, 19 years old in 1980. Same as our dad. So I like I always am like, oh, I bet they did that when they were well, that yeah, age. They, you know, they graduated high school together in 1980. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Pretty, pretty special, right? Yeah. Uh so I, I love that you chose that. <laughs> no, that's a good one. There, there's yeah, there's so many to choose from. So um I went with the pinball and like arcade scene. Um <clears throat> when we get Heart of Glass by Blondie. Um yeah. 
it's yeah. an all-time classic song but yeah kind of just yeah it starts kind of pumping in the background you kind of see and they're all just like they're in that kind of like down period of like oh we don't really have much to do today let's just like go play this and just kind of you know chill out for a little bit and um and and, and continue to compete which is you know a theme i'll get to here in a little bit but um but yeah that that one that one hits home uh for me uh there are, there, yeah there's so many to choose from but yeah i want to give a shout out to blondie in her classic heart of glass their classic i should say i would say her like it's just it's yeah. like yeah. she stands yeah. out so much more than like the band itself so i would say her but yeah they're they're classic yeah, for Blondie, Blondie. Uh, I love, yeah, I love that that scene because it is. They're always on. They're never not competing. Uh, I love when Willoughby says, "Mac, I was supposed to be having fun, and I'm not having fun right now." <laughs> you know, and then Finn and Comer are like, "You can't. This is three years right here. This is three years of of chemistry." Yeah, it's such a cool, such a cool bit. And then you have the whole thing with Jake playing the like asteroid game. And showing him like like the gap, he's like, "Oh, it sounds like two suckers who haven't figured out the gap method." <laughs> it's, it's it's such a good scene because even when they're off, like like in spare time doing their own thing, they still are like uber competitive. So love that pick as well. Um, you you know where I'm going with this, you know, Pink Floyd. I have to choose Pink Floyd. Fearless, the the smoking scene is yeah yeah Jesus yeah. Christ is like when I first saw this in theaters, I was like. Oh my God. Like I, I felt, I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt like a really a part of this scene when it could have gone off the rails so fast and the wrong hands, this scene could just be so shitty, but I, I don't know. Link later has a way of kind of like honing it in and making it <clears throat> somehow real, but also, also like fantastical. So I, I love the scene so much. I love, I love that song anyway. Uh, 1971 Pink Floyd. Uh, I love the band itself, and I love the little the little connection. Uh, Linklater has talked about the little connections that that connect Dazed and and uh, everybody wants some. And of course, <clears throat> one of the main characters of Dazed and Confused is Randy Pink Floyd, and he wanted to choose a Pink Floyd song for the smoking scene because uh, Pink is a is a stoner and, and Dazed and Confused. So I love that. Love that he chose this song in particular. Uh, if you're a Liverpool fan, I'm sure you love it as well. And I think that scene is so, so special uh, from the, you know, you got to tune in, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's about the space between the notes, you know. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt Russell really there is kind of, he's kind of out acting everybody. It almost feels like he's in a different league than the rest of the people. It's like, oh, that's, that's like his, his dad must have been pretty good. <laughs> you know, he like has, he has something in him that's like, oh, wow, he's just in a league of his own uh, in, in certain stretches and kind of in his own movie. That's kind of the point, right? Cause he's 30. He is in a, he is in a league of his own. He is in a different place. Uh, the way he's talking to them is like, not like a, not like a teammate. It's like an older brother, you know? So I, I love that scene. I love, yeah. I love how it like gets kind of serious. The way when he's talking about, you know, like, yeah, man, you do like Van Halen, you know, cause corporate America is trying to shove it down your throat. <laughs> I love that. But I also love when like plum says like, fuck i wish i had a tail you know like i i love i love how like link later can like bring it back down you know like this is how people react to things like comedy and laughing is like a defense mechanism for like when you don't really want to go somewhere that you don't want to go socially so i i, I just think the scene has it all like it has link later's best stuff in this scene it has the potheads has the kind of philosophical stuff has the references to pop culture with the twilight zone shit uh so yeah i just th- i just think it's brilliant yeah, that's a pretty good scene. I I also think it's cool. I found out that Wyatt Russell's grandfather was uh, 
frequent flyer in the Twilight Zone. There you go. There you so, go. Nice little connection there. But yeah, you know, you're going to have the you can't have a movie about essentially nothing and not have the, you know, essential stoner advice scenes. Yeah. 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 It's got to be there. Yeah, and, and also I like your point about the him being like an older brother rather than because because he is, and I realize that you know hardcore. Not that I like with like players I coach, I have like smoking scenes like that, but I have that kind of like relationship with a lot of players I coach, and especially ones that like are no longer like playing for me anymore. But like I, I it can be a little bit different. It can be a little bit closer, right? I have a lot of that, like where there's these moments where it's like, okay, I can talk about something that they just haven't gone through yet, or whatever it may be, you know, um, or I can show them something that like, hey, this is something I discovered when I was college age, like. Y'all can check it out, you know, whether it's a music, movies, whatever it may be. Um, so I related to that scene hardcore and, and, and to his character in general, because it's like, you know, I've, I've been coaching basketball. It's a kid's game, right? It's like I, I've done it my whole life. And it's like there are moments where I'm like, oh, I'm just like doing a kid's game. But then it's for moments like that where you can kind of go beyond just like coaching basketball and like really get to kind of know somebody on a, on a deeper level through the game of basketball that like reminds you of like why I do it. So um, that scene was is great. And obviously, you know, um, it's just like at peace with, with, with White Wrestle and his whole like vibe and everything like that. And, and you know, also, we talked briefly last night about the movie we didn't want to talk too much because it was like you want to save it for the podcast but um why russell is just so good in this role and it's almost like it's almost good that he's not in a ton of it because it's like he yeah he's like he's like so clearly kind of like the best actor probably in the movie so um he almost would like it, it, it makes sense with his character that he kind of just like kind of float in and out of like different scenes and different parts of the movie rather than just like be the main hub of it um i think that, that was a really smart choice yeah yeah i i totally agree uh i love I love the way he's used. I think that's like a perfect, perfect balance. So I I love, I love the first night when they're all partying and they go back to the house and like all the guys are like getting laid and that, you know, they're like trying to go to like that downstairs room, but Finn is like taking it. And so they're like, Oh, well, fuck it. We're going upstairs. I love when Plum takes his girl to his room. And he rooms with Willoughby with why Russell's character and why Russell is naked, like doing yoga. And he's like, strike three, strike three. Like and visualizing, Plum, yeah, 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 and and Plum just looks at the girl and is like, "Let's get out, let's get out of here." <laughs> I'm not going to bother whatever the fuck is going on right there, you know. Uh, it's it's such such a good bit, and then and then Willoughby also has one of my favorite scenes when he explains like, and Linklater again like explains stuff that he's passionate about in a way that like anybody can connect with, and so he kind of explains a lot of like what baseball is through this scene when they're playing pool, why Russell and uh, Blake Jenner's character, Jake, uh, they're, they're playing pool together. And Jake's like, man, like nobody really likes pitchers on this team. And he's like, well, yeah, man, we're fucking weird. You know? He's like, we, uh, you know, he like has the pool stick and he's like, you got to embrace your inner weird, man. You know? <laughs> and he's like, and when you do that, you bring who you are to the mound and not yeah. who they want. He's like, and that's when it gets fun. And it's like, wow, that, that explains pitching. So when you watch a pitcher in a real MLB game, they are this like, like weird, like idiosyncratic, like being like they have like, they have like little things they do with their glove or like they do something with their, their fingers or what, whatever it is, the way they hold the ball, the way they like tilt their hat is like, it's all like an individual thing. And it's the most important part of the sport without pitching. You don't have baseball. So it's like a, such a cool scene that he link later has this stoner, weirdo guy that's 30 explain what pitching is to us without it being like this is boring like if you don't care about baseball it's like i don't give a fuck you know if you're anybody you're like well i'm listening to white russell explain you know like why pitchers are so strange and why they're so like individualistic you know uh so 
I, I, I think he's been brilliant in this movie. I, I really thought about him for the next award. You know, I really thought about him for the, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman award. I, I was like, man, Wyatt Russell is so, so good in this movie, but I, I went a different route, but I want to hear you guys first. Uh, Connor, what'd you go with? Well, real quick, just to piggyback off of that. Yeah. The way, the way he explains pitching, you can apply that to anything in your life. You can apply that to, you know, like, our film journey. We're not just yeah. watching what everyone wants us to watch. We're watching our own shit and we're carving out our own niche thoughts on this stuff. So it, yeah. it's relatable to whatever you can relate it to. Correct. And that's smart writing. That is brilliant writing. Yeah. That's the power of Richard fucking Linklater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for performance, I gave this to Glenn Powell. Yep. He's... Hands down. <laughs> like Hands down. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the guy who has no scruples, who is not trying to act like anything more than a dude trying to get laid. It's just, you know, the primary function. And I, I like that. I like his, you know, his approach to like the conversation where he, where Dale's like, look, he's talking about his dick. Like, and he's talking yeah. about how, like, how not huge he is. And he's uh, selling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Like just his strategies are magnetic and hilarious. And his approach is just ridiculous. Like after he fucks and he's like, I think the Astros are going to make it to the World Series. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's a great touch. Yeah, and he's he's clearly a smart guy. Like he's clearly, you know, yeah. he's clearly a like you know a bright dude. Like there's there's like there's one scene where he's reading Kerouac and it's like okay, like you know he's clearly like you know like a well read like you know he's like smoking a pipe at different points. Like he he fancies himself like this like old soul, which in some ways he is, but in some ways he's like a total rascal. You know what I mean? Like he's just like a classic like like just like yeah whatever works. And but yeah, it's the honesty which is why it's like you can almost like respect it because it's like yeah, I mean like he's it, it is what it is. He's like he's like I'm doing exactly what it takes, whatever. And he does yeah. he, he, he genuinely enjoys the company of like new people and like different types of experiences and like that. So yeah, it's like he's cool. I mean yeah, again also is is, is a bit of a bit of a dog but you know hey that's 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 what he was at that time so yeah i, I thought he's phenomenal i did not give it to him because i knew y'all would i mean probably would so austin's that who you gave it to as well oh i don't think it's yeah. close yeah yeah i mean yeah it's like that's who i would give it to but, but just for the sake of conversation um i i actually wanted to give it to uh tyler i think it's Howklin is how or howklin however he's, yeah Hecklin. i don't i don't Hecklin, Hecklin, yeah. Hecklin, yeah. yeah so um I, actually, I wanted to give it to him yeah because he he is like incredibly important part of the movie because he shows like like I, I like how seriously he takes it, but can still like obviously mess around. And be with it. He's like the perfect kind of leader of a team like that, where he's like clearly the best player, the most talented player. Yeah. Like, and and every team needs that guy. He's the guy who's like, hey, like while we're here, like we're gonna take this seriously. Like we're like we're gonna actually like try to be good. Like so, you know, the coach like leaves and he said, you know, we say they're they're voluntary practices, but they're mandatory practices. Like if you're on this team, you're you're gonna you're, you're trying to win. Like we all care here, um, and it's his force of personality that drives that team. And I think it's really important for that guy to be this likable guy at some points, a super competitive guy at some points, and also just like really good at baseball. So, um, and and have the ability to kind of like get people to rally around him. Like every team needs that person so badly. And I think he plays that role really well. I didn't read much about him. I, I'm, I'm sure he must have played baseball because like he looks incredibly he convincing as a baseball player. Yeah. Yeah, um, he did. Yeah, also, I think your point earlier, y'all were talking before I got on about like different sports movies and how like you can kind of tell like the action is like, man, this guy like just can't play or whatever, especially in basketball. Um, it's just like so obvious, like when someone, yeah, can't yeah, but like 
baseball too. Like, you know, they, you can tell if somebody's like not that good. Or, like they just don't really know how to throw, but like just the way he moves around the pitch and like the double that he hits, like the way he turns like first base and slides and pops up in the second. It's like, okay, this guy definitely played like, um, and just the swing in general. I mean, he's just, yeah, he's got this like perfect swing, but yeah. And it's like, he's, he's able to shit talk and always back it up. Like he, he is like, yeah, the super competitive, like leader guy. And I think he plays that role really well. I think he, he holds the movie together at different points when it's like, okay, if it's constantly just about how much, like how much of a goofball they are, it's like, that's actually not that interesting of a movie, you know, like you need the kind of yep. goofball qualities plus yep. the like, Hey, we're here for a reason that we're, we're competitive. Like the reason we're here is because we are competitive and the best in our, in our like little, we were the best in our little worlds. And now we're all trying to be the best here. You know um, that I don't think the movie works without that side of it or else it's just like, it's just kind of like a, like, a, like almost like a just screw around movie, which I don't think is as interesting. I, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I love that you chose him just to kind of counter the Glenn Powell thing. And you know, you can talk about Glenn Powell all day. The guy's going to have a long, long, long career. He's incredible. Yeah. yeah. But Tyler, Tyler in this movie, there, there's specific moments that I think that you're, you're alluding to. Like for me, where the movie could turn and get maybe stale, he does something so douchey and so like, so macho that you're like, Oh, there's the standard. Like this, that he sets the standard of, mm-hmm. of excellence, the ping pong game, for for example, when he almost takes Jake's head off. So it's like, it's like you, you, you need that to win. Like you need yeah. that. If and, and, and he says the whole like uh, voluntary meet, meet means mandatory. I think, I think a lot of like, like, I think a like, huge percentage of people are just like, Oh, fucking try hard. But like, in my opinion, and I know Adam, in your opinion, like, Oh, I agree with that. Like, I agree with that. I think like dedication is very important to like, to like achieving stuff. And I love when he says, cause if you don't want to be there on Sunday, that probably means you don't want to beat those fuckers from Arizona. And if you don't want to do that, you might as well get lost. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You're like, sure. We're all in, we're all individuals here, but we're all here because we got a scholarship to play baseball. And if you don't want to like be the best team in the country, then like, what are you doing? Like, what are we mm-hmm. doing? Like, if we're mm-hmm. not striving for that, if we're not striving to be the best in the you know slate that we're in then, then like what are we doing and he does that the whole movie even when they go out there's like the scuffle between the bartender and, and niles and and mcreynolds is like oh i want to get up and go like have, have a say or whatever because it's like that they, tribal thing they stop and, him. and, they stop and roper him. is like not you yeah he's like you got drafted like not yeah. you buddy you have the so most like, to lose here yeah 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 he sits him down and then there's another scene where it's kind of like the lull at the you know Every morning, they're just kind of like fucking around doing their thing. And to me, my favorite bit from those scenes, you got like the basketball scene, you got them like fucking around playing knuckle, bloody knuckles. My favorite bit is when he splits the baseball with the axe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Nez, oh, Austin Emilio is awesome uh, in this yeah. movie as Nez. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that scene is like, he's so good in that because... It, it's like impossible. Like, it's not like, I mean, come on. Like, it's like splitting the ball with an axe, like like in mid swing, like it's just this incredible thing. And he's like, how much you want to bet? And Nez is like, no, triple it. <laughs> he's yeah. like, this is gonna be the, and then he says one, I almost chose this for my, my, my um, Tarantino. He says one of my favorite lines of the movie is this would be the best day of my life until tomorrow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that scene is so good. Cause yeah, it, it shows his personality perfectly. Cause it's like, yeah, he's like, he's the guy who he, they all know he's the best player. Like, like yeah. they all, they even all Roper, even Roper, who's clearly very good. Yeah. And has like a say is like, yeah, I mean, this guy's like, this is like, guy. yeah. 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 And I, I think that seems so smart about them holding him back in the, in the fight. Cause it's like teams like that, like no, and even, even like groups of people, like, you hear stories about like guys who grew up in like really rough neighborhoods. Like when they're the ones who are really talented, 
people in those neighborhoods protected that one. Cause like, no, you have a chance to actually get out of here. You know what I mean? Like you've got a chance to actually like, like we're yeah. like, don't get involved in this kind of side bullshit. Like, let us do that. Like you actually have a future here. Like that, that little, just like, it's like a five second moment is like so smart. And it's clearly written by somebody who played on a baseball game. It's yep. obvious. Like, like, you yep. mean, like he, he doesn't, he, no one writes that just off the other head. You have to be on a team and like be in a group like that that understands that. But yeah, he, he, he knows how to talk shit constantly but always backs it up and clearly has this like almost like reverence amongst the, among the team. He knows it, but he doesn't lord it over them too much. Like he, he, he'll remind you that he's the best player on the team uh, when he needs to, like, like in the batting cage scene when he starts to go at the raw dog, but he, but he doesn't like lord it over. Like he does, I think want to kind of welcome people in. Like be and he, he, he real, he reels him back. He reels Jane Allen's back. Cause he's like, he does. he's like, do what you do best. Keep talking. Yep. He's, you yep. get your, you get your teammates in a fucking fight. That's fucking selfish. You know? Yes. Like, yes. Like he, he's the one saying that no one else calls out Niles. Only he does like, dude, you got to fucking calm down, man. Like yeah. it's about yeah. the, t- he says it's about the team here. You know, like yeah. I, I, I love those touches. So that's a, it's a great pick. I think it's between Glenn Powell, Wyatt Russell and Tyler. They're like clearly, Head and shoulders, and then honestly, my other pick would be Zoe Deutsch. I think she's just incredible. She's good. She's, yeah, just, she's, really she's good. not yeah. quite in it enough, but yeah. But those three, those three guys are like. I mean, I could see them having like really cool careers, right? You know, they just they just have like a lot of lot of talent, and it show, shows through this movie. But uh, but every, everybody's good, you know. Everybody's like so well casted. Uh, like I said, the guy who plays Coma, he looked like a fucking Bible salesman. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yeah he, he, coma's great. Like wake up, coma. You know, uh, like yeah. every, every everyone's so good. So this is it's a really, really, really hard movie to choose awards for, but it's so fun because there's so much competition. Yeah, very true. I always, I was very surprised. Like, I knew Tyler Hecklin as you know the kid Road to Perdition, Road to Perdition, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. as a uh, Superman on the Supergirl show on C on yeah. uh, CW. So I didn't know he had this kind of range so now i'm very impressed by this guy and i actually want to check out his superman show now so thank you for that yeah 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 it, yeah and i think i think that it's clearly i mean obviously Linklater played and so he clearly had somebody in his time probably in college that was the what, what is what is i always forget his character's name what is it mcreynolds mcreynolds yeah. um, uh, on his team because he's like it, it, he's written as a guy that you're kind of in awe of at times you know what i mean it's like it's like we're, like he's so clearly the leader. He's so clearly the oh. alpha in the room. You know, yeah. it's like it's like he's he, he's written like from a perspective of like, man, I really respect that guy. Like I really, you know, like like you know, at times he was an asshole, but like I really respect him. You know, no. I, I, I'll fucking say it. He's the hottest. Like he's like the most attractive dude on the team. If they go into a club, like most of the girls are gonna be like, I, I'm gonna choose that guy over fucking mm-hmm. Plum. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 yeah. Again, he has moments of like he wants to like yeah he wants to bring Plum in and yeah he has that way of like of like yeah I know I'm the best player here but like even I fall in line so if I'm gonna fall in line like you better fall in line too you know what I mean like like we, this is still a team like this is, we're here to compete and like why not like why not try at something like I like like there's no harm in like in in actually trying to do something great like that's okay that's okay in life to kind of pursue something and try hard at something like um and it's like it shows a real vulnerability to like put yourself out there to try at something and possibly fail. Like, I think that's, that's kind of like the, the lesson he's trying to get at, you know, at different points in the, in the movie. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to transition Austin to the next day, but you, you mentioned it already, but my, my best scene um, pick is the table tennis scene because it shows all their personalities like perfectly. And it bleeds, okay. right in, it bleeds right into the, the Willoughby music, the smoking scene, um, which is basically yeah. like a perfect, like 10 minutes. Like I, I think those 10 minutes are like my favorite kind of like bit of the movie. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. Yeah, God, he does not like losing. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, I, I love when when Finn's like trying to make like a drink and Roper's like, I just want to fucking drink, and he's like, Pardon me for trying to class up the joint a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But but before before we get into all that, I, I, I will. You, you can go ahead right after. I, I think I think a quote that kind of wraps wraps this movie up so so well is when Dale and Finnegan are explaining to Jake like why why this works, and yeah. Finnegan says, "You get a bunch of competitors together, and you are addicted to winning." Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, if we all want to win at everything, when you play baseball you're all like doing an individual job and it's like, it's just going to work. Like that's just, that's just how the sport works. That's how a lot of team sports work. So I love that, but yeah. I, okay. So you definitely, we're slating you for the ping pong scene. That's good. Cause I chose something different. Connor, where's your head at with the uh, carpenter? I also went with a ping pong scene. Oh, nice. perfect. All right. Let, let go. Nice. T- take it away, Connor. I just love moments where gods bleed. see you know when the guy who wins everything loses and he goes out of his mind crazy over this and it's so like uh, so avoidable it's so unnecessary (laughs) but it's crucial to the character to just you know i've met guys like that i've known guys like that i fucking hated guys like that who are so competitive it bleeds into everything and 1917 actually 1719 (laughs) thank you nesbitt (laughs) 17 game yeah <laughs> yeah and then just chucking the paddle and breaking it yeah I, it's a great scene and i just yeah again it's because i just like seeing people who think they're invincible you know bleed a little bit jake jake jake, jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's also oh. it's also why he's so good right it's like it's because of that mindset it's a gift and a curse right he yeah. it's like it's why he's so good at baseball but it's also like yeah it's like the fatal flaws the achilles it, heel yeah, it's, it's a bit it's a bit of whiplash right it's a bit of yeah. the yeah. whole the whole whiplash philosophy yeah but the, the, the difference the difference is in him as a leader is he actually can like lower himself to be a part of a team whereas like the yeah. team is just an asshole you know it's like yeah and miles like teller the, is just a prick yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 turn my pages bitch yeah very Fucking much johnny so. utah <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That's really cool. Y'all both chose that. Obviously, the smoking scene. You know, it's just great. So it is a good. It's a good kind of uh, you know space between the notes. It's a good way of kind of learning about who these guys are. Like just like at home, right? Because uh, you get you get different characters in each in each scene, and you you get you get a a hold on them. Uh, I do I do have like one my like one nitpick comes throughout these like house scenes is like. So on a college baseball team, you typically have 23 to 25 players. Where is everybody else? Yeah, yeah. The, the only time you really see there's the two four... houses. They say there's yeah. two houses. Yeah. So like Jay Niles is in the other house. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. And I, I guess that's it. Like everybody else in the other house, like fuck. Well, well, well I think two houses because of overflow at uh, in the athletic dorms. So I'm assuming yes. everyone else is in the athletic dorms. Maybe, maybe, or maybe they should get the other house, but it's like they just decide not to put any of the main characters okay. in that house. But I, okay. there, there is one scene, Austin, where they, 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 when they're, it's like right before the basketball season, before the, the split of the baseball scene, where they're walking outside and you can see a lot more guys just kind of like mingling. Yes. Well, it's the, like, okay, that looks like probably the whole team. Yeah. Yes. When, when the Eagles uh, all night long love that needle drop plays, there's a guy you only see like once in the whole movie right. walking out right. of the house. He also, the coach says during the meeting, he says, for the eight of you living in this house and the eight of you living in that house, yeah. Like there will be no girls upstairs or whatever. Uh so it's the 16, which is not a full baseball team. Like not not even yeah. close. And so even got, like, Con- yeah. Yeah. So Connor's got to be right. There's got to be some guys still at the dorms. Some at baseball dorms. players yeah. still at the dorms. Which yeah. 
which is good because you don't want to like have too many characters right like no, no. like dazed has just the right amount of characters everybody wants them has just the right amount of characters where you you could bounce around but there's still like it's like 10 people you know um including beverly including zoe deutsch who like gets it you know gets a chance to shine you still still like 10 to 12 people which is perfect uh, there's like a clear hierarchy but i always wondered about that i was like oh like I wonder what that guy's doing <laughs> you know but that, that that that's that's movie making like you can't show everything right that's like the whole point of the movie slacker is like you got to move on like the camera has to keep moving uh and i i love that about it so that's it's not really even a nitpick it's just kind of like a curiosity i guess um okay sweet i, I i'm excited to talk about this because <laughs> adam you you mentioned it slightly with plum earlier my favorite bit of this movie is when they're walking around before the punk show um, I think this scene is like spectacular and another, another thing we haven't like touched on yet, which I'm like super excited to kind of like break, break ground here um, is, you know, they, they're, they're walking down the street. Plum has the great line of like, like we're going to play baseball. Like, but what, are, <laughs> what is everybody doing? And then coma is like, yeah, man, if I didn't know, like I had a chance to play pro baseball, I don't know what the hell I'd do with my life. You know, like they're just, they're so narrow-minded, which Zoe yeah. Deutsch's character, Beverly says uh, earlier when they're, you know, they're talking on the phone. She's like, Oh, I just thought you were like, you know, narrow-minded, not dumb, but narrow-minded. And, and a lot of athletes are, a lot of athletes are like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm going to do, which is why it makes it so unique when you meet an athlete who isn't that way. But uh, I, I, I love that. And then you see Jake's friend. What's up, Jake? It's just this this ragtag kid out of nowhere. It's like such a crazy like turn in the movie. And then, you know, he invites him into the house and he's like, Jake's like, how's Gretchen? Man, fuck Gretchen. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's such a great character introduction. And then they go in the house. They have that bit or whatever, you know, like, oh, man, you know, be like tons of bands in town from L.A., from Austin. Like, we'll fix you up. <laughs> he, he does that. He does that whole shtick. And then. And then they go to the show and like they cut off their sleeves. It's Finn, Jake, Plum, and Coma. And they know, like, they know at some point they got to get back to the house because they're having this huge party at their house, at the baseball houses. But they're uh they're like, all right, like, let's let's do it. Like Jake's like, let's go. Like, why not? Fuck it. Like, we'll go to this punk show. And what happens in the punk show is like ultimately why I chose the, chose this bit. First off, really cool because I think 80s music gets like a certain definition, but there's like so much cool punk music from the 80s. I love that like Linklater also shines a light on that. The Gilligan's theme song fucking cover is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a movie. And another Dazed and Confused uh, connection because there's the great scene in the girls' restroom during Dazed and Confused where they're talking about Gilligan's Gilligan's Island. Uh, and here we have kind of, a, kind of you know, an homage to, to that in this movie. And then you have the conversation between Finnegan and Jake about like, what are we doing? And Jake's like, you know, Jake's the 18 year old. He's a freshman. Finn is probably a senior, 21 years old, has been doing this for three years. Right. And he's like, uh, Jake's like, Oh man, like this kind of like questions my identity. Like I'm having an identity crisis. And Finn's like, why? Like, he's like, well, you know, one night we were at the disco next night, you know, we were at the, uh, the, what's it called? The wholesome, uh, so what the like name a, of that? It's like a country bar or whatever. Yeah, it's like some the great wholesome or, or whatever. And uh he's gonna now we're at a punk rock show like like three like three nights in a row. Like we just have completely changed like who we are so like we can like hang out, like get drunk and stuff. And Finn's like, no man, we're just a couple of guys that are willing to do whatever it takes to get laid. 
<laughs> and then and then they 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 hear this song kick off and they both like start like getting amped up throw their drinks down and jump into the mosh pit and they're they've like become completely immersed into this part of like part of culture just like that you know it it shows just kind of how how easy it is to sway someone who's like 18 19 20 21 years old just by vibes girls drinks you know like you just it's so easy to sway them like oh let's go do this like we'll fuck shit up you know like let's let's go and i was like that i was like so like that i from age probably 19 to 20 really up until i met brianna really i was just like so like i'm down for whatever i'll i'll do whatever like to just hang out be around people and do crazy shit you know and i felt i I feel like a relatability to these characters on that front not not pretty much i wasn't doing things to get laid like to the extent that these guys are but to just like be around like the fear missing out the fomo part of like you're like oh well like if my buddy's doing this like i want to be at this party even if it means like there there's like going to be like a dangerous thing that happens or a stupid thing that happens i just want to be like there i want to be present for it and uh there's something about this movie and about link later in general that it's like man like if, if you're not there, it doesn't exist type thing. And I, I've always been so enamored by that with his movies and specifically with this movie. And I think this scene just kind of wraps all that up, I guess for me anyway, uh, like puts it in, like in a bow, the way that Finnegan's just like, nah, dude, like I'll tell you what we're doing. And you're like, yeah, like that's okay. And that's okay. To be well, 21, 21 young, dumb and full of cum is okay. Well, you're, well, you're, you're, you're hitting on the key point there, which is the age, right. And that they're at like, this would be strange if this was a movie about 55 year old men, you know, like, like yeah, the, yeah. The, point, the point of, of college. Right. And, the, and what he's trying to show is like, we're supposed to try on different hats, like literally try on different hats, see what we like, see what we don't like, like figure out different things, read stuff, study stuff, um, talk to different types of people. Like that's the whole kind of point. Right. That's like, that's like kind of what he's trying to get at. And Finn kind of crystallizes it in a, you know, in a pretty, you know, it's, it's always like a, a humorous way, but I think it's like pretty profound. It's like, it's like, no, like at this point in our life, like we're, we're it's like, it's okay. Like I'm not like, I'm not making some grand statement. Cause like one night I went to a country bar when I went to the sound machine, you know, it's like, that's like, I'm just trying different hats on and just seeing what fits me. And I'll, I'll discover that later. I don't need to discover that right this second tonight. And then tomorrow they same thing. But yeah, but the one character is what, what's his name? Um, with the sunglasses. Jake? No, oh, wait. uh, that tries to come in and, and Jake calls him and he's like, at least take the sunglasses off. You look like a narc. <laughs> like, yeah, like, coma. Yeah. Yeah. Coma. Yeah. Untuck the shirt, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But he clearly is having a little bit of like, a, oh, but I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be this. And it's like, there's like this liberating thing to the other guys who are just like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like, cool. It's like, now, now that, now that, that's, that's fine when you're 18 to, you know, 22 to, or even to an older extent. But it's like, there is a point where it's like, okay, I'm constantly just like this chameleon. It's like, okay, then who actually am I? You know what I mean? But at the point of their life that they're at, that we're tra- that they're trying to show us right now, that's what they should be doing. That's great. That makes sense. You know? And I think, I think yeah. it's, pretty, it's, it's, it's really smart. It's really smartly done. I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like one of Linklater's best things is like the passage of time. Uh, it's called the guaranteed wholesome. <laughs> and, 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 and earlier in the movie, Peter Perkins, <laughs> Billy Autry, he says like, oh, we went, oh, we went down to the guaranteed wholesome, you know, uh, you know, there's like that whole bit. And also the, the guy who says like, fuck Gretchen, like it's such a heat check performance. That guy's name is Mon- Michael Monsoor. Uh, he plays a character named Justin in this movie. Great, like great bit. But Connor, I wanted to speak to you because about this in general and just kind of hear your thoughts because like Adam went to college for a little bit and lived in College Station for a while. I did not go to college like at all. I was just around people who were like down to party around the ages of, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. But Connor, you like went to like a proper university 
in fact, one that's very similar to like what this is, you know, like there's a lot of house parties in San Marcos at Texas state that are similar to what happens in this movie. So do, do you feel like you met people who are having these like crises all the time? Oh, all the time. I, yeah. I befriended a lot of them. I had crisis of my, my own, you know, every yeah. other day I'd think like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? Right. It's your college is like 50% second guessing yourself and 50% getting fucked up. And I didn't, there's, I have a lot of regrets of my own. You know, I, I made decisions that I'm sure cost me some life experiences just deciding to, you know, Oh, I won't go there or I will go over here. And I do wish I'd gotten to experience a little bit more of the crazy side of college. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's not really me. You know, I, I would have, I feel like if I'd done that, I would have just been, you know, miserable and awkward because that's just who I am. I hate parties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. That's like, that's, that's your, your experience. Yeah. yeah but you figured I, that out. You know what I mean? You figured that out, which is the point. That's great. You know? Yeah, it is. It is great. I mean, I'm still figuring myself out. You know, I, I got my master's yeah. degree. I, I, I did my thesis and I still don't know what the fuck I want. <laughs> like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I don't know when I'm going to figure that out. I don't think anybody does. Like, I think very few people on this earth know exactly what they're supposed to do. And I envy those people. Uh, I don't know any of them. <laughs> I think I don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, you're talking to one who's pretty close to that. I mean, I wouldn't say I have it totally figured out by any means. I mean, I've got plenty of flaws and mistakes and things like that. But in terms of kind of like a, a direction and identity in life and kind of like a comfortability with who I am, I'm 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 pretty much there as much as you can be for someone, you know, my job. Obviously, I've got, I've got a few years on you guys, but um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think I think nobody, nobody like totally knows all the time. I mean, there, there's moments where I'm in the gym working with kids, which is like the thing I love to do the most, right? Like, like, like use basketball to kind of like help kids and talk to kids and stuff like that. And there's still moments where I'm like, am I supposed to be doing this? Like, is this, you know, should I keep doing this? Should I do this another year? Should I do this? You know what I mean? It's like, there's still moments and it's like this thing I love and have been doing for so long now, but like, um, you're always going to feel that no matter what it is. But yeah, but like broadly, um, I feel like, oh no, I, the, this is, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know? And like, I gotta, I gotta do whatever it takes to continue doing this thing because this is what I'm, what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so I relate to different parts of this movie and different guys, because there, there are moments where I wasn't really like that. And then there's, there's times where I actually really enjoy watching someone try to discover that stuff because I never really had that like period of discovery. Cause I kind of just like knew this all along, you know, like, so I, I watched some of these guys um, in this, in this movie or friends of mine that are just like, had these like real, you know, epiphanies of kind of like a self-discovery type thing. And I think it's really cool. It's really cool to watch, you know, like someone kind of come to that conclusion. And then conversely, I've had friends that I hope to, that they find that and they, and they've struggled to do so, you know, um, they, they have not quite done that yet. You know, and it's like, ah, man, like, like, I hope that, I hope that happens. I hope they find something that they can kind of like hang their hat on. Um, that kind of drives them a little bit. And it's like, I, I'm so blessed to have it. And, and like you said, you know, you're, you're, you're envious of that. Um, I, I like, I appreciate that because it's like, I, it's not something I take for granted. You know what I mean? Like I know not everybody has that. So, um, I'm like, it's so appreciative that I have this like thing that kind of like helps me and drives me. Um, forward it's great i mean it's, it really is nice but yeah and like and you can tell some guys in this movie haven't and then some guys don't so um i really i relate to both of them at times well i don't know if i'm exactly envious of it i think it, i'm more just curious of like hmm. how do you you know how do you ever know like when hmm. you're but i also think that like that's kind of life you know life is trying on many hats it's hmm. experiencing new things it's going out of your comfort zone as much as possible to 
find some kind of direction, whether that be for like 10 years or 10 days. You know, the I know it's cliche, but the journey really is the destination. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And like, that's, that is like the entire point, right? It's like, it's like, if, if everything is just a ladder constantly, then it's like, you'll never actually like stop to kind of enjoy that climb. You know, it's like, or whatever that may be. It's like, I don't even view things as a climb. Like I really just view it as all kind of like this just path that we're just on and we're just trying to figure out, you know, like that's, that's the whole point. It's like, I think the people who do view it strictly as a climb, it will just never get high enough. You know, like it'll, it'll just always be like, I just, there's just, there's gotta be more rungs. There's gotta be more rungs. And it's like, you get to the top and you look down and be like, Oh, what was all that for? You know, like, why did I do that? So, um, yeah, I mean, we're getting philosophical here, but this is this, is, but this is uh, I think, what is the genius of the movie, right? It, like, it makes you think yeah. about stuff because of how the characters, how how they react, some of the conversations that they have, and obviously they get deep. You know, at the end of the very end of the movie, um, with Blake Jenner and Zoe Deutsch's character talking about the, at the river, like about like Sisyphus, and like you know, like oh, I think there's a real beauty in like what he, you know, it gave him a purpose, it gave him a drive. You know, it's like I thought that scene was like I I kind of forgotten about that, but um, yeah. It's like kind of lovely, you know, like I think that's actually really cool that like that that's the lesson he took from that. I mean, people can take different lessons from different, you know, parables like that, like like the myth of Sisyphus. But um, I think it's cool that that's the one he drew from it. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love when Jake's character gets to kind of shine in that moment of like rolling the boulder up the hill. And he kind of compares it to pitching where he's like, I just get to like zone out. And like you're kind of like one with like some you're one with something and. That's that's like important enough, right? Like we're all we're all gonna die one day. We all have like so many days to try to figure out what we enjoy. And if you find it, you should probably, you know, probably stick with it, right? You know, you should probably probably try to get good at it, you know, because you know, yeah, you're not gonna. What have we been doing for four years? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. And uh, yeah, talking about movies, watching movies is definitely just what I feel like most comfortable with and like most happy, but also like really challenged by it because I, I don't, I clearly sound like I haven't been to school. Like I haven't been to anything that's taught. Like I've taught myself a lot of this stuff, you know, I've just, just watched so much shit. And, and when it comes to either movies or, or sports, like I, I don't have any, anyone who's kind of, you know, I, I've had like people like you guys, I've had Connor who's like held my hand in certain like movie moments. And, and Adam, you've been someone who's like, Oh, like, here's how I think about basketball. Like, what do you think about this? You know, you can like bounce off those ideas. Like that to me is like, is like what I live for is, is that communal experience of, Oh, here's like a passion and your passion. Like let's ignite it together. And like, that's why it's so fun to do the podcast because you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, you're going to talk about link later. You know, you're going to talk about everybody wants some, but you don't know what's going to go here, right? You know, <laughs> and like as silly as it is, it all goes back to you got to tune in, man. <laughs> and like you know, like listen to the progression. <laughs> you know, like like the space between the notes thing is real. Like point A to point B, whatever happens in between, like it does matter. You know, yeah, it yeah. it can matter. So I yeah I, I wholeheartedly agree with you guys. And this is one of those conversations you could just keep going and keep yeah. going, like keep go, like time is flat, you know, like. Like it's a construct. It's like one of those things where you're kind of like, we could just keep going. We just keep going forever on this topic because it's like, it's like, it's like, it is our purpose to continually find that out. Even if we keep failing to find it out, you know, it's it's really cool. It's really enlightening and also very scary. So I I, I love stuff like that. I love that. The meaning of life is searching for the meaning of life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And, and today, the search was through everybody wants some, you know, and, and, and like, 
I think you guys see why like I had to have this movie in my list is I love the ideas it brings up. I love how it makes me feel. I love how much it makes me laugh. I love how it feels so realistically like a sports team. I love the characters. I love the music. I love everything about it. So it was very hard to cut other movies like, like Moneyball was very hard to cut. You know, I, I had a hard time cutting once upon a time in Hollywood, but it, it was like, this movie's too important to my DNA to not have on this list. I get it, man. Doing this list, like doing deep dives onto our lists is really helping me understand y'all in like better ways. And I hope yeah. it's helping y'all understand me better. Definitely. Yeah. It's exciting. This was a very cool project that is going very well. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm enjoying it as well. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I don't know if you guys are kind of ready to wrap up some talk about the actual movie. Cause I saw some notes like from some stuff that it just like, kind go of ahead, dude. Me. Yeah. Here. But, yeah, so, so, well, well, so, so number one, number one, and I want you guys to maybe, I, you know, pitch on the spot a little bit here, but um, we talked about like all in one day movies or whatever, but all in Ugh. one weekend movies. I mean, this, this is right up there. I mean, I was trying to think of some other ones that like are really good, like all in one weekend movies, but I mean, this is this is right there. When I watched someone recently, it was the Big Chill. That's all on one weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, the Big Chill. Um, the Big Chill has an influence on like later for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's like a little out of touch with some stuff, but that general kind of like where are we? What are we doing? Even though we're like in our early thirties, we should have it figured out, but we still don't. Like they lied to us. I love that part of the Big Chill, and the acting is just fucking like top notch. But uh, man, that is tough. Weekend movies. I'd have to really think about that, man. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying but, to think. I mean, like what? You know, we, I mean, I don't want to. I don't like you guys. Yeah, like, like come up on top of your head. I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like my favorite movies, and I'm like, are any of those just, just weekend all one movies? Weekend? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't I mean, know. There's uh, like wedding ones that you could kind of come up with. That like, oh yeah, that's like yeah, it's just like a weekend essentially. Like, I mean, Meet the Parents is just a few days, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It like feels like like three or four days. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's a that's a great movie. I love movie parents, but yeah, uh, but that, that's yeah. one thing that kind of stood out to me. And also the flow of the movie. Like, I, Connor, you you had seen it before we did it for this, right? No, no. this is my first time. Oh, okay, interesting. So, what do you think? Because this stood out. This I've seen this, I don't know four or five times. Awesome. I know you've seen it like a ton, but um, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I what stood out to me this time was like the flow of it. Like it's just it just like kind of hits right away. It just it just kind of blows the entire time. There's no real like you know dud moments. I mean, I, what did you think about that? Well, I felt this is another one of those movies that like it's going to happen with or without an audience. Like you're yep. just into a, like a world that's happening and you get to watch. And I, mm -hmm. I like those kinds of movies. I appreciated the like little, you know, two days before class starts things to like, let us yes. know where we're at. But uh, yeah, we really need smart. that. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that it ends like right when class begins. Like this is the last hurrah before, you know, the mundane sets in. Yep. Yeah. And I know I've been there so many times. I've had so many, you know, the day before class starts in my life. And yeah, it, it does feel like that. It's like, okay, now things aren't going to be fun anymore for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think they, they, they nail that. They nail that pretty well. And also, I mean, you, you, you've hit on it a little bit already, but the, uh, the constantly competing thing is just like so smart because that's exactly, I mean, every team I've ever been a part of, they've got somebody like that. Now that, especially the best ones, like, like there was a team I, I was kind of a part of as an assistant coach uh, in St. Louis, this school I was at, and it was just, just like that. It's like, we just competed and I, and I was part of it too. I was pretty young at the time. So we just competed at everything, everything. I mean, just, yeah, it's like who could like eat something the fastest or who could, it's like, they're just constantly, constantly competing. And so it made me, it made me think, what if this movie was set in 2023? What are the little differences in like the things they would compete in? Um, mm. I don't think like too hard about this because I'm, I'm a part of a team right now, but um, 
I, I it made me think of like obviously video games would be a huge element of it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Like that would be just such a massive like they'd just be playing 2K or you know, whatever, like like just constantly competing with each other on that, like just talking shit through that. Um, that'd be one thing. But what, what are some things that you guys think would like they would just be like, Oh yeah, that's like a difference, like something that they maybe didn't have in 1980, they'd be competing at like right now. They would be making like dumbass TikTok videos to try to get the most followers mm. for sure. Yeah. Like, just them like falling off of shit or something like yeah, that. Social media, yeah. yeah. Social media would play a big part, yeah. For sure. Uh, well, they also they also they also nail the the bit like um, it's a very short scene, but it's it's so perfect because it's so true. Like the they discover um, um, Jake's uh, letter jacket, and they're like, "Oh, second team all second state. team all stater." Because yeah. when when you get to college, your high school accomplishments among those guys like on your, your teammates like they just mean nothing. Like you could be like the best player in your whole state, but it's like once you get to that level, the things that you did at the previous level just don't matter. Like they just don't matter. It's like, it's like, Oh, cool. You do, you were like that in high school. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, like what, what, what are you doing right now? Like, that's all that matters. So um, that's such a really smart scene that that's like very realistic. That happens on all kinds of teams, whether it's college pro, whatever it may be. Um, I really like that, but yeah, that's, that's another like little sign that clearly someone that obviously link later who wrote this was a part of a team. Well, that kind of yes. comes up in dazed when, you know, like the, the freshmen are like, you know, Oh, we're the, you know, we were the, they're the kings of middle school, but now once high school rolls yeah. around, you know, they're back at the bottom of the pecking order and it's yeah, hard yeah. to get used to that. And then when you're a senior in high school and suddenly you're a freshman in college, you're not that important anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, you know, cope with that sometimes, especially if you were top dog. And uh, I like, you know, I like that link later covers that multiple times. The idea of like, you know, the rise and fall of your self-importance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really smart. I think that's a really like, yeah, he does a good job of kind of like showing that without you know just hitting you over the head with it. Um, and then Austin, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Austin Emilio as Nesbitt. That guy is so yeah. funny in this movie, and he is a combination of so many people that we know. Like just so yeah, funny. yes, <laughs> like, he is a perfect amalgamation of like five people that I know. Yeah, yeah, he's he's lights out in this movie, and I, I love. I, I can't believe I hadn't mentioned this yet, but the the bitch stick scene when he's like, yes. "The fuck <laughs> is that?" Hey, have your balls dropped? Did you shoot a shell? Like you got some semen in your sack. Come on. And then, and then, and then Al, Brum, Brum like walks away with the bitch stick or, or like walks away or whatever. And, and, and uh, Nesbitt looks at, I think Roper and he's like, the fuck is this? <laughs> like points at the stick. It's yeah. He, he's so good. He, he, yeah. Ne- Nez has this thing about him that, yeah. Reminds me of a lot of people I know where he's kind of like, like right here, right now is the greatest place to be on earth. Like wherever, wherever the fuck I am, like partying is great. And you see that right when Jake walks into the, the like the big party on the last night or, or the second to last night, sorry. And and Jake walks in and uh, Nesbitt goes down the stairs on a mattress. And he's like, welcome to the fucking party, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Jake's like, the hell? Like Jesus, you know, like this guy's off his rocker. So yeah, he's really good. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, you can go through everybody. Like the guy who plays fucking Billy Autry plays Buter Perkins is, is money. Like, yeah, he's good. He's yeah. money. When, when you have the bit where he, uh, Jake goes into the room to like say, Hey, can like, I bring that Val girl up here. Yeah. And, and like, it's in mid story for Buter Perkins. And he's like, she told me to go fly a kite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there a waiver for Lone Star? Yeah. I mean, just like, yeah, I mean, this movie's movie's so good, man. Uh, the Zoe Deutsch scene when they first hang out at her apartment i mean i just like i like i'm getting chills right now she just is like she's so, so charming so lovely like yeah so, so charming yeah and when she talks about like the theater kids from like her high school and she's like la 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 like 
I, I've met that person. I don't know where, like I've met that person like a few times. I don't know who it is, but I'm like, man, she captures something that's like, whoa. Like I, I've, I've met a lot of like 20 to 25 year old girls like that, like Beverly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause you reminded me of a story I wanted to tell my, my freshman year. I was staying in a uh, Laurel hall on Texas state. Hell yeah. Shout out, was, shout out Laurel hall. Oh no, no. <laughs> I was um, <laughs> I I was in the I had gotten into the um the honors college and I thought that's where I was supposed to be. Turns out no, the they were in another building, so I was in this shitty dorm with all the theater students. <laughs> and there was this one girl. Her name I think her name was Madison. She every fucking day. Oh, I <laughs> I would hear the worst pies in London from Sweeney Todd bellowing through the building like in the morning in the evening whenever she was there and after about two days i wanted to kill her she just would yeah this the only song from the fucking musical she knew by heart apparently and she just kept singing it these are probably the worst (laughs) to this day i have like a physical like uh, reaction to that song i love that movie but i've heard that song about 300 times against my will (laughs) <laughs> what a, what a hilarious what a specific song to like, you know what I mean? like, like <laughs> every time i'd like walk past her in the hallway she'd be like you know da, 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 like getting started and yeah. i'm like, fucking f-. i would like try to move faster to get to my room <laughs> she, she like looks at you and like, quick what's your rush what's your hurry, what's your hurry? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah Connor, Connor's like for the love of god <laughs> she was nice too she just had no clue i could not be the only person she was Turning oh. into a rabid monster. Oh, definitely, not. definitely not. <laughs> Dear God, man, that uh, is that is yeah. You've told me that story, but I forgot forgot like the exact details of it. I just knew it had to do with Sweeney Todd. <laughs> you know, also the, I just I just reminded of a, of a scene. You guys will both appreciate this. That the the, uh, the scene when when it, it's I think it's Jake and Nesbit that come into the little like restaurant they're sitting at to like break the news that willoughby's like been busted or whatever it's yeah. it's um, plum it's plum and and Nesbitt, oh yeah, yeah. Plum. yeah 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 you're right we yeah, smoked plum. it yeah smoked it. yeah that line yeah <laughs> smoked it yeah yeah he's like he left a fat joy on the pink floyd record man <laughs> it's just, so good uh, well, I, I love all of their fucking all of their... 30 yeah <laughs> 30 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, they're, all they're theorizing about like why he would have done that like it's so good too and like and they, they, they you know a couple of them take like a pretty kind like it's like look this is just a guy who probably like loved playing baseball and just like wanted to keep going like it's, it's a lifestyle guy. yeah like that's that's all it is like he didn't really want to stop you know so yeah one point pros so yeah that i yeah i'm just reminded that we've like almost gone through the whole movie but i'm reminded of that scene too whenever that happens where they like come in like will it be that's like dale's best moment is when he's like uh, he's like, look, man, like those guys sitting over there and he points at Roper and McReynolds. He's like, you got 21, 22 year old guys. that don't give a fuck what happens to you. Yeah. And he's like, so I have, I have one like piece of advice mentally toughen the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does that like kind of like Southern, like fuck up. And it's like <laughs> such a good bit. Cause it's, it's good advice. Cause it's like, dude, they look at you. They look at you as competition. They look at you as someone who could like replace them possibly. So like you, you just kind of like battle it out, man. Just keep battling yeah. and like, and be a, be a part of what, what's going on. And, uh, it's, it's such a good scene too, and the, that's right after they go like to the swimming hole where Jay, Jay Niles is like in a just a jock strap and just <laughs> and like jumps into the water. They're all going nuts and like, yeah, yeah. Man, I just like this is this is one of those movies where I'm like, I wish I was an actor so I could 
do that. Mm-hmm. Like hang out, hang out like that. Like there must be some movies, especially link later movies where you're just like, wow, this is fun as shit. You know, this is just, we're, we're, we're having a blast and like, there's a camera right over there. You know, it's, it's one of those experiences. I feel like they all, I think I said at the beginning of the show, like they're all going to take with them forever. Yeah, for sure. And, and I don't know how much you guys, if, I don't know if you talked about this at all, but before I got on, but um, I think, I think it's worth, you know, saying like, I mean, Blake Jenner, like, you know, there, there's, there's moments in this movie where it's like, okay, you know, this is, this is not maybe like a future superstar, but I think when he's with Glenn Powell is when he's at his strongest. It, like there's clearly something that, that Glenn Powell brings out of him um, where you see the most kind of charisma, I think in, in the scenes where it's the two of them together, it's like, okay, like this guy does have some stuff in there. Um, I think overall it's like, it's a fine performance. There's nothing, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not bad, but, um, but I, I, I think, I think the scenes with him and then the scenes with Zoe Deutsch too are, 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 are where you see him kind of like shine a little bit where, where he, when he's kind of by himself and he's had to carry kind of certain scenes, like, oh, it's maybe not as, not as impressive. Um, but y'all, I don't know if y'all talk about Blake Jenner at all, but I thought, you know, I was curious what your thoughts were on yeah. his performance in general. Yeah. I think, I think he's really good. Um, I also think he just like has like such an interesting look, you know, I think his haircut is hilarious. I think like the way he, like the choice of like where the sleeves come up at on his biceps, like the tucked in look, but he's like not a square, uh, but he's also not like a jock. He's also not a stoner. He's kind of all of them. He's very much like Pink Floyd from Days and Confused. Yes, like he can much. hang out. He can hang out with anybody. So, well, he's I, the Linklater stand-in. You you gotta imagine. You know what I mean? You would think, right? You know, um, I I, look, I looked that up. He 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 was an outfielder, um, Linklater, and I was like, oh, I I would have thought for sure he was a pitcher because like Jake is a pitcher, but uh, there's definitely there's definitely got to be some like autobiographical stuff. I love when he pitches against Mac and he gets one strike and Plum's like, Oh one. And Mac's like, no, I'll make it out two. <laughs> and then he, you know, gets like a double on him or whatever. And he's like, welcome to college baseball freshman. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Ping pong champ. Let's see what you got. You know, like I, I, I love the way like Jake like takes that, you know, like reacts mm-hmm. to it. So no, it is a good, I don't think anybody's bad. Like, I don't think anybody's bad. No. And no. that's, that's like something that actually is kind of rare in link later movies. There's always like, people who clearly don't act, you know, like the kid who plays Mitch Kramer is bad in days confused. Like bad. Oh man. Like, Oh, you know, (laughs) I hate that guy, man. You know, (laughs) like, like in boyhood, like I love that movie to death. The people who are like the main characters aside from Patricia, Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke aren't good. Like other Coltrane's not a very good actor. He just, it's just like, it's like a project. It's like an experience, but uh, I love that Link later like doesn't really like let that hold him back, you know. But whoever was the casting, uh, you know, director here for Everybody Wants Some, just like well done, well done. Yeah, I agree. No one's bad. Everyone kind of stands out in their own way. They've all got their moment, and that's good. Uh, yeah, Jenner to me is just a, uh, I don't know, kind of like a, like he came out of a, like, like he walked. Uh, into life looking like that yes like he just has yeah. this like you know they made him backstage and yeah. here he is he's like yeah. he looks three days old yeah. <laughs> if that no, i know sense. exactly what you mean yeah i know exactly what you mean that was well i, I love that it was well said yeah <laughs> he just walked into life as jake bradford yeah, yeah, he just yeah. My, my my um my last little bit uh is this is just an admission uh because you know you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. I once uh, messaged the girl that plays um, the 
she was in the early in boyhood and this movie austin she plays the oh wow <laughs> yes she, at the time we were about the same well at the time we still are about the same age and she lived like an hour away from where i was living at the time and i was like ah why not i'll just like <laughs> like see just be like oh hey i really enjoyed your work in this thing like you know whatever you know um uh yeah. no, no response no response <laughs> you, you should have you, you should have <laughs> used her quote from boyhood and you'd be like you know how they say like seize the moment <laughs> Oh my god! So, I think it's the other way around. I think the moment seizes us. Want to go out? <laughs> that would have worked. That would have worked. But uh, alas, you know, life took a different turn. Yeah, text, she so. she is she is like frighteningly gorgeous. Uh, yeah, like uh, uh, I don't I don't know I don't know where like where they found all these people, but they're all like these beautiful like like Glenn Powell's like one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever laid eyes upon, and I think I think I think Sydney Sweeney thinks so as well. So. Yeah, no, there's some there's some stuff there. I've been seeing that. Uh, yeah. Little little, con- little controversy there in, uh, in Holly Hollywood uh, controversy. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit. No, it's, yeah, it's I mean, a great movie. I'm really glad. I'm really glad it was on the list, and and it made me question why it wasn't on mine after we watched it. Well, you know, yeah, I feel the same way. But like, God damn, I mean, you know, it's ten movies is so few from like that big of a pool. Yeah. Like, I I watched Everybody Wants Some, and then like the next night I watched I think some It's Always Sunny and just kind of hung out, watched the basketball, of course, because the playoffs have been fascinating and then i last night i watched moneyball and i was just like oh like, i'm so devastated no one shows this including yeah. myself like what's what's wrong with me because i just have fucking like the hairs on my neck are standing up almost the entire two hours of, of moneyball like that's just the perfect film so that's just that's the way the cookie crumbles right um you, you gotta, gotta gotta kill your darlings here and with the 2010s we all have a lot so they're really tough and everybody wants some of course like i think moneyball is a better overall movie but i I just feel like it explains me like a lot like i think everybody wants some just to kind of is like a part of my dna like i said so uh yeah we could go on forever but uh we do have one more segment that i think will be fun this week uh what's in the box talk about a little bit of letterbox reviews i've got three of them so let's go ahead and do that All right. Uh, I got two, two positive. Um, well, I'll start with this like really positive. Like it's a five star review. It's also just like made me laugh my ass off. It's like one of the most popular ones uh, for this movie, and it's from uh, just their their username on Letterbox is Vance. Look up Vance. Uh, you, you early remember. early to Letterbox with that name. <laughs> yes. Uh, this this is good because I because you guys both also know what they're referencing. This is the gayest film of 2016, including Moonlight. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, five stars. Uh, yeah, uh, Moonlight's a movie we'll be talking about like in a couple months because uh, Adam and I both had it on our list. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is so much tension and everybody wants some that you're like, someone here is gay, you know, and it's 1980. So like none of them are going to like come out, right? If they did, it would be like it'd be it'd be like a tough conversation. But come on, you know, just by just by statistics, like one of these guys is gay, and no one's gonna say it. And it's actually like an interesting way to watch the movie. You're just like these guys are fucking animals, man, and they they like feel like they're acting a way that they feel like they have to act. So I thought that was like a really really interesting little funny sentence. Hmm. Interesting. It reminds me of a somebody pitched a reality show on some I think it was Instagram or Twitter, one of them, where he said. The concept is you put 12 gay guys in a house and you tell like and you but well, one of them is like 
one of them is straight. But then you find out over the course of the show that like everyone was told, like everyone is straight. They're all told that everyone else is straight. Ah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you can watch it like that kind of mindset of like, you know, who here is, I don't know. That's hilarious though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just that's it. That's the gayest movie of 2016 is, is a funny, <laughs> funny, funny thought. But uh, I, I, I have one more positive one and then, and then I have a negative one. I'll do the negative one now. Then we can finish on a, on a good note. This is, uh, I just thought this was a good review. I, I actually thought, Oh, I get it. I relate to this. Um, Two and a half star review here for everybody wants some by Melody Esma. Uh, it's Melody spelled the normal way E S M E. Uh, yeah, so, someone I've been following for a long time. I like this review. So, one of the reasons I followed them was I, I read this. And they say, I do like how the setting of this film is an inverse of Dazed and Confused, taking place during the days before college semester begins, as opposed to the final day of high school. But as much as I love Linklater, I don't think I love him enough to pretend I don't hate frat boy comedies. There are so many funny moments. I quite liked the punk band <laughs> covering the Gilligan's Island theme and a few bits of tenderness, especially in the lead character's sweet relationship with a the theater girl, just as there was an occasional sweetness in Animal House. Yet, by the end, I'm left wondering why, in the hell, I've spent two hours with these stupid bros that I've avoided my entire life. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. Two and a half stars. Uh, yeah. Uh, Connor, I think you mentioned earlier, you like avoided these people. Brat dudes are the most obnoxious motherfuckers on the planet. I, um, I had class during like the first week of like pledge week once. And they were all, all the different squads were in camp on campus trying to poach people be like, Hey, you want to join our frat bro? And I had one guy walk up to me and be like, what did he say? He said, have you ever thought about joining a frat man? And I went right in his face and I went, not at all. And kept walking and it floored him. He was like, oh, uh, uh, what? Like, how could you be on co- be at college and not want to, you know, hurt people like in a weird hazing ritual and just drink the whole time? Like, why would you not want to do that? Why are you here? I broke the guy. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah that's that's fantastic. I, I, I totally agree. I'm, this is not my my crowd, really. While I, I do like love sports and like played sports at a time in my life, I, I definitely am not drawn to this this chaos. <laughs> if know? I ever hear anybody uh, say like, oh, I was, you know, five beta, whatever the fuck, I'm like, oh, I'm done talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't met like I haven't met that many people that I'm, you know, friends with that's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I I rushed or whatever. Like I, I just thought it doesn't happen very often. But I, I, Adam and I do have a mutual friend that uh, yeah, won't say his name, <laughs> but, but he, he definitely, I, I thought about him. All right. I do think about him every time I watch this movie. Yep. I know who you're talking about. Yep. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, yeah, great yeah. guy. It's, look, it's, it's a world I have to live in at times. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and but my point, my, my goal is to try to break that because I, I definitely get judged from like afar. It's like, oh, basketball coach, like, bro, you know, like um, all he cares about is sports. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's not, that's not all I care about. It's like, one can contain multitudes. It's okay to, you know, uh, be yes. really something. And also, uh, so yeah, so I, I always take it as like a lesson to, um, yeah, not just judge a book by its cover. And it's like, hey, like, you know, like if we all judged Finn, you know, the way that like, you know, we like 
have in the past like well then we never get to know this like interesting person you know this interesting character um who does kind of have like different ideas and opinions on the world and things so um yeah i I actually i try to approach that stuff with like just total empathy it's like and even if i met like kind of like a frat bro at times it'd be like okay like i'm not like this is not somebody i want to hang out with but it's like oh at least like hear him out on some stuff because it's like hopefully they have they do contain multitudes now you know there's there's a chance that they don't but you know um i have to at least take that chance with Correct. me, it's just I've met so many of these people that they tend not to contain multitudes. They're always on the quad trying to poach people for their dumbass group. And when you don't want to do that, they always get some kind of like they always get offended. Like, mm. well, why not, bro? Like, what's wrong with us? Like, <laughs> yeah, they, need, just... they need their thing to have meaning. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it doesn't have meaning if like not everyone wants to do it, you know? Yeah. I don't, it's just, That's not a good thing. I, 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 I don't want to judge anybody, but I just get. I had so many interactions with the same oh, kind of person. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Imagine, imagine Connor walking around the quad <laughs> at Texas State, just like, uh, you know, there's just so much, so much nonsense, right? That just, just, just like, just, 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 just fucking noise. It's why I really liked one thing. I really liked <laughs> about grad school is all the classes were in the evening, so all these assholes had packed up shop at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Packed up shop. I didn't have yeah. to deal with their shit while I was walking through the quad. It was empty. Yeah. They they got they got fucking Keystone Light to drink at night so that they can get back in the morning and do it again. Every <laughs> semester we get an email about like, hey, remember hazing is wrong and it's illegal, so don't do it. It's like they got to keep reminding people, don't be a fucking moron and get yourself killed joining a club. It's just uh, God, dude. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad. Uh, and, 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 you know, like with, with athletes, they're like, well, I don't need to do that. I'm already in a club because like I'm on the baseball. I'm a baseball player, <laughs> right? You yeah. know, like it doesn't, doesn't matter what you're studying. You're, you're a base. He's a baseball player. I love that bit too from this movie. So it's, it's true. Well, it's like it's sad. It's true. Um, so yeah, I, I thought, I thought that two and a half star review was like, like polite, but also at the end was like, I got a little bite, you know, like I, I, I'll, I'll attack what I want to attack, even though some of this was kind of funny. Oh yeah, I totally get it. Like they're, you know, there's a, there's a certain element of frat culture that is reported more than other elements of frat culture. And yeah, you get a movie that appears to sell. And I don't think this movie celebrates frat culture at all. Like this is about, you know, baseball players being idiots, which is fine. I don't, I didn't see a Greek letter in sight. So I'm, I'm totally yeah. okay with these people, but I, yeah, get, I, Link, get, it, Link, I get if you'd see that. Yeah. Yeah, because Link later himself was was a baseball player, not not really a uh, you know typical frat guy. So, and he also like he is one of the few that like contain multitudes. So, uh, and obviously, obviously that's come to fruition now. But my last review is from Spencer. So five star review. I thought this was just really well put, wrapped up my thoughts really well. Uh, I could have like started the podcast with this and saved <laughs> saved a lot of time. Uh, but 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 you know that's not that's not the point. Um, <clears throat> They say this is this is a, a review from three years ago, uh, in twenty twenty January of twenty twenty. That easygoing, laid back vibe is exactly what makes everybody want some. One of the finest American comedies I've ever seen. Linklater eschews all but the most inconsequential of conflict and narrative. Instead, content to follow around a group of likable and amusingly unlikable people, trusting that their interactions and antics will be enough. Not only is it enough, it ranks amongst one of the most delightful two hour films I've ever seen. Five stars. Mm. Very nice. Very cool. Yeah. 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 I feel 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 very similarly. Yeah. Sometimes you just need, you know, if you can't get relaxed, watch something that's gonna relax for you. 
Yeah, yeah. And like, I think there, I've seen this movie so many times that it's done, it's done both, it's like done multiple things. It's like, it's relaxed me, like been like almost like therapy, like I'm just having fun. It's also made me think. It's like, depends on how you're viewing it, right? You know, with the intention of giving this movie awards, it was a lot more difficult because you're like focusing on every little, every little, you know, you know, space between the notes, you know, you're trying to like really hone in on that stuff. So, uh, I'm grateful for every watch, you know, I've seen it probably like fucking 20 times already. And I'm just grateful for all of them. Yeah. I liked it. I, I think it'll be a while for if I, if I go back to it, I don't know yet. I gave it three and a half stars or I plan to give it three and a half stars. I have to, I still have to review it, but um, it's definitely more your speed. I can see that. <laughs> three, three and a half stars is also what you gave days confused. So, you know, they're yeah. on level level playing field here. Yeah, you are nothing if not consistent, Connor. I try. <laughs> That's good quality. Good quality. So, yeah, no, obviously, I really like it too. It, it was close to my top ten, um, so I'm really glad Austin you had it and it gave us a chance to revisit it and talk about it. That was really fun. Yeah, an absolute blast. Uh, yeah, it's an easy five star movie for me. Ten out of ten. Just yeah, just one of the gems for me from the 2010s. So uh, this this is this is awesome. We've gone through our tens now. Uh, you know, start with Adams. Number 10, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Went went on to Connor's uh, Ready Player One. And now today, everybody wants some. So we're going to continue next week. We're going to continue to do this thing. We're going to move back to Adam's list with his number nine, which is Inside Out. So that'll come out sometime next week. Super stoked for that. I mean, fuck, you know, just (laughs) that's going to create some interesting conversations. I I tell you what. So super, super excited. You know, we we got some stuff coming out this week. Uh, We're going to be keeping this thing rolling. So uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. If you like what we do, Feel free to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, at Filmgasm Productions is the easiest way to search us. Uh, a great way to uh, kind of keep keep in touch with uh, our team is follow Connor95 on Letterboxd. You go to his followers or, or who he's following. You can find Adam, myself, Caleb, Josh, all kinds of people that are you know involved in Filmgasm stuff uh, through that. That's the easiest way. Check out Filmgasm.com for... You can listen to our podcast there. You can see trailers, see reviews that have been been on there for the past decade now. Uh, so good, good shit. Just keep keep trying to support us. Uh, if you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click click on uh, support this podcast. Any amount of donations will go right back into the podcast. Uh, this is this is what we're what we're trying to do. We want to make this thing as best as possible. So we appreciate any support any of you can give. Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their contributions to the show. Special shout out to Cooley Cal for the sick intro music that we have week in, week out. Uh, most of all, thank you guys for listening. Without you guys, uh, you know, we're not going to be, not going to be, you know, bullshitting about you know Willoughby and Plummer and all these dumbass characters. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Keep watching movies. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs> Thank you.